the real coach JB here, right here, live, right here on that Talk That Talk Tuesday. It's Valentine's Day. Bring the love as I will bring the real right here on this Talk That Talk Tuesday. Appreciate everybody joining me live. Come on in, pound the like button, hit the subscribe button, and become a member today. Got a lot to discuss, all that and some more brought to you by betonline.ag. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. Gets you 50% off. You got the NBA baseball spring training is about to start. You got the hockey rounding out, coming into the Stanley Cup playoffs. All-Star game just ended. You got the NBA All-Star game. You can bet on all those things live on betonline.ag. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. Also, CanadipCBD.com. Head on over to CanadipsCBD.com. Use my promo code COACHJB, all caps, gets you 20% off. Um, I am always up for the running, so make sure you allow your boy to win. Go get you the cleanest way to dip there is, CanadipsCBD.com. Pound the like button. I appreciate you guys. A uh, lot to discuss today. Can't get you started before I give you the quote of the day. Get your right. Get your day started off right. Uh, don't wait for the right moment to start. Start and make each moment right. Can't emphasize that any greater. Uh, make sure you guys understand that one. Um, just can't wait. You can't wait for the damn right moment. You got to... You got to make each moment right. People don't understand that. I predict my own future. Uh, I'm going to get into that in a second in this contrary to belief segment. By the way, I think of these things and write them down or come up with them from the things I see, twist them around, use them in my own way. But at least I try to give you a little brain food every morning. Uh, The best way to predict your future is to create it. I was just saying that. Uh, I don't predict my future. I create that motherfucker. Create your own future. Contrary to belief, never commit to anything where you lack passion. Do not coach if you're not a coach. Don't coach if you don't want to teach. Don't teach if you're not a coach. And if you don't know, you don't know what I just said. But trust me, it goes hand in hand. Um, Never mistake knowledge for wisdom. One helps you make a living. The other helps you make a life. Contrary to belief. Damn, I be dropping them gems on you. Uh, first thing in the morning, you can't start off with anything better. Poll question. Would you delete social media for one year if it made the world a better place? That is the poll question. Um, would you delete social media for one year if it made the world a better place? I thought that was deep, man. I thought about it all night because uh, my internet went down over the middle of the night. And uh, I was like, oh, shit, no show today. I'm like, this motherfucker. But uh, figured it out. It came back on. Um, Remember, listen to this poll question, because I'm going to drop some gems on you later on. Would you delete social media for a year if it made the world a better place? I don't mean just your own. I mean all social media. Social media cuts, shuts down. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, everything shuts down. And get back to how it used to be for one year. Just let that resonate because I'm going to get back to it later on. Um, Don't miss this action-packed week, man. We got special guests all week long. 
Matt and Steve Smith, or Matt McChesney and Steve Kim will join me today. Uh, we're going to break down some post-Super Bowl talk, some pre-draft talk. We're going to get into all that, plus some NBA talk. Uh, Jalen Strong, former NFL wide receiver, Juco player, by the way. Uh, good dude. Uh, was going to join me this morning. He came down with COVID, texted me early this morning, around 3 in the morning while I was up anyway. And uh, he'll get back with us this week. So uh, he... Uh, he wishes he could be here. He's going to come back this week. So we'll get to Jalen Strong. Um, my boy. Uh, good dude. Um, let me get uh, Let me get to it. Uh, everybody up in the chat is, is like, get rid of that shit. Um, I see. I can't wait to get into it and dive into it. Another senseless shooting. Michigan State now is a victim of another senseless shooting. Uh, man, I'm going to dive into that later on. What's going on in Ohio? What's going on in Houston? How are we wrecking trains now and putting this chemical in the air? Why nobody talking about it? We're talking about UFOs and shit. Why aren't we talking about these trains derailing? Um Man, I don't know. But it's Valentine's Day. It's the only red shirt I got. Well, not really. I got a lot of red shirts. I love red, by the way. I got a lot of red shirts, but I had this one. I don't apologize. I got to have this. I'm putting it on a t-shirt, by the way. It's going to be on the CoachJBStore.com. If you guys want some merch, new merch is dropping. We got all kind of different shit on there. CoachJBStore.com. Head on over there and get you guys some merch. We got the slap hoodies, the slap dick hoodies. We got the hate me now, love me later hoodies. We got all the different quote shirts, I say. You got the Coach JB polos. You got the last chance Q polos. And Matt McChesney even has his 6-0 Academy stuff on there. So head on over to CoachJBStore.com. But the newest shirt's going to be going up later on this week. I don't apologize. I would admit, but I don't apologize. It's going to say that on the T-shirt. I'll admit, I'll never apologize. Um, can't wait for that T-shirt to drop because that is real talk. You know me, I'll never apologize. Uh, I'll admit if I'm wrong, I'll eat crow, but I'm never apologizing for what the fuck I say or stand for. No siree. No siree. Um, what's going on with these uh, train derailments? I have no clue. I don't know why these train derailments are happening. I have no idea. Um it's happening now. This said two trains I'm hearing. I hear two trains I'm hearing. Um, I have no idea. They're talking about Ohio's baby Chernobyl. Uh, I'm like, damn, what's really going on? Yeah, the, the water source. Uh, the water source is the fish are dead. It's in the Ohio River. The Ohio connects to the Mississippi, if I'm not correct mistaken if i'm not mistaken i believe the ohio river connects to the mississippi if the mississippi and the ohio rivers get saturated with whatever it is and it's killing all the resources in that river we are up shit creek with a paddle figuratively and literally i uh, hope we get this thing figured out that is about 10 percent of the united states water resource the ohio river drinking water resource let me reiterate the ohio river is about 10 percent of our drinking water resource in the country that basically rides right down the center of the country and splits the north and the south 
Uh, I hope we, uh, I hope we uh, can figure this thing out. Um, so I don't, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Uh, it's unbelievable, though. It kind of just sounds weird, man. You got UFO sightings, people talking about this, and then you're talking World War Three talks with China. Now you got this. Now you got this shit happening. And we're trying to throw it off with UFO sightings. Like, is this fabrication at its finest? Government cover-up? What is it? I don't know. I'm not that smart. I'm not that deep into the government and politics. All I know is we've been lied to our entire life for 150-plus years since the government's been around. So I don't really expect any different. Uh, So don't be shocked if uh, all of a sudden you're butthurt because you find out that we crashed the trains ourselves. (laughs) And the UFOs are fake. Like, don't be shocked, okay? Sorry. Um, I don't know about if the end is near. We've had tragedies, catastrophes, plotted governmental things and for hundreds of years. Uh, I don't get so dramatic to where now, all of a sudden, we're thinking that the world is coming to an end. I'm not going to go there. I think uh, people might be telling you some shit, though. If there is God and Jesus and Almighty's up there, and they might be telling your ass something. Apparently, a lightning bolt struck the famous statue. I don't even know what it was. I don't know. I don't dive into all that shit. But uh, who knows? Um, I just don't know how you crash a, uh, a train in Ohio with chemicals, toxins, and then you do one in Houston with the same similar thing. Like, what's going on? How is that possible? What are the odds of two trains crashing in the continental United States carrying toxic chemicals. And so now are we this incompetent? Is China looking at us now like, oh, shit, America's vulnerable. We are this incompetent. Let's go get their ass. Let's send some balloons over there. Now we're, we crashed two trains. Is it to throw off the dogs, the sense off the dogs? What's going on? I'm just asking questions. I have no thoughts or answers. I'm just asking. I have no idea. I don't have a dog in the fight. We all have a dog in the fight, actually. It's the United States of America where we live and lay our head. But that don't mean shit because I don't know what's happening with this shit. I'm not that deep. I don't dive that deep into it. Um, But, yeah, train crashes have been happening since the beginning of time. I'm not saying that they aren't. But what are the odds of two trains carrying chemical toxins that are killing rivers and lakes? I, that's the question I have. Um, I don't know. I don't believe that's the end of the world, though. And I don't believe it's a Chernobyl situation. I don't believe it's a radiation that's going to penetrate the earth and kill surround. I think it's going to get into the water, though, which is going to cause us a major issue. And it may put some shit in that in the air that'll go around to the surrounding states, Pennsylvania, uh, Ohio, Michigan, Indiana. I mean, I'm sure that those states are going to get hit with a lot of nasty toxins similar to what 9-11 had in the air and the debris and the dust. I have no idea, but we're going to find out. Um, I hope they figure it out. See, the problem is like the writer comes in and talking about the left wing destroying country by design with the media as its voice. Like, the problem is I don't give a fuck who it is, and I don't give a fuck why it is. I give a fuck that the left and the right, fucking red and the blue, and the fucking all your bullshit politics, politicians, 
can't get along to make this country better. That's all I give a fuck about. I don't give a fuck about your fucking agenda. I don't give a fuck about you fucking pointing fingers. Like, I'm tired of hearing you fucking point fingers at each other. And I say you because I'm not one of you. <laughs> I'm a fucking independent thinker. I could give a fuck less. I know Both of you are full of shit. You're both fucking criminal crooked fucks. And I don't want to fucking hear anything else. The fucking government is fucking pinning us against each other out here. And you guys have to deal with each other. We have to deal with each other every day at Lowe's, every day at Walmart. Every fucking day, we see each other and talk to each other. And you wonder why we can't get along and why so many fucking dumb shootings like Michigan State happened last night and why we see school shootings and why we see this and that. And the only thing we see are post-prayer tweets. I'm tired of seeing the fucking post-prayer tweet. How about we see a preemptive fucking proactive fucking tweet? To say, let's stop the shit before it fucking happens. I'm tired of seeing, what's her name? Who, Jamel. Jamel, uh, what's her fucking name, man? Um, oh, man, I can't stand the fucking broad. Jamel used to be on ESPN. Anyway, she went to Michigan State, I think. She met her husband there and all this shit. That's the tweet she sends out. I have to shut it off. I can't watch it no more because I can't see what's going on. Fucking shut up. How about you do something before the motherfucker happens? You have a big platform. Jamel Hill, I think her name is. You have a you have a fucking big platform. Why don't you do some shit proactively, fucking coward? I, I can't stand these motherfuckers, man. Go fucking do some preactive, proactive shit. Preemptive shit. How about you stop doing post-happen tweets? We always want to come after, after the post-game and talk. Like, motherfucker, talk pregame and drop your nuts. We don't do that shit no more. That's a societal issue. But anyway, that's a whole nother ball game. Um, we haven't even dove into the show yet. I got a lot to discuss, man. I'm, I'm going to be on fire on this Talk That Talk Tuesday. What is going on with the conspiracies with DeMar Hamlin? Okay, you saw him on Super Bowl. I was fucking with my boys that were here, and I was like, that ain't fucking DeMar Hamlin. That's Jamar Hamlin. Um uh, I was just fucking around and, you know, making light of it. We were laughing. And my mom made a good point. And I, I talked to a few people that I, that I, that deal with, 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 with losing oxygen to the brain. Two minutes, you become two and a half, three minutes. You're already starting to become a vegetation. You, you're starting to get, become a vegetable. All right. Your brain is starting to turn into mush, losing two to three minutes of oxygen. Four minutes, you're starting to become basically a paraplegic and you've lost all faculties to basically all your um, extremities. And you probably can't control anything voluntary. And anything after five, six minutes. Now, they're saying this cat lost oxygen for nine minutes and that motherfucker was speaking as clear as day like he was brand new on the Super Bowl to Michael Strahan. So I'm just I'm just trying to make sure that we put him in the Guinness Book of World Records for a person who has recovered from lack of oxygen to the brain for multiple minutes and has recovered fully 1000%. I want to make sure that people understand that and let's put him in the uh Guinness Book of World Records. I'm not going to get into any other conspiracies with the shit 
Uh, we saw the dude. I'm not going to talk about it. He's a clone, coach. Uh, all I'm saying is we need to put that motherfucker in the Guinness Book of World Records because, God damn, that motherfucker was out of – you lose oxygen to the brain for two minutes, it's a problem. You're probably never going to be the same. Nine minutes? That motherfucker's special, dog. He can hold his breath like a motherfucker. That motherfucker better start being a swimmer and diving for gold. Motherfucker don't even need a goddamn oxygen tank. Just go under the, just dive 100 feet deep in the ocean, hold your breath, come back up in 20 minutes. (laughs) I'm not making, I'm not clowning, dog, but damn. Motherfucker lost oxygen to his brain for nine minutes, and he's fucking fine now. He is perfectly fine. But here's the conspiracy. What is going on with all the heat that he's taking now? It's funny, dog. You motherfuckers all donated to his cause. You made this motherfucker $20 million. Just to be clear. Let's be clear. You made him $20 million on his GoFundMe. But now you're out here bashing this motherfucker because he wore a jacket at the Super Bowl. And if you haven't seen the jacket, I don't know anything about it. I just started getting hip to it last night. But I'll make let you make your own assumptions and own, uh, you know, your own uh, conclusions. But if you haven't seen the jacket that he wore, uh, check it out. Dude, and went into a coma. Wears a jacket to the Super Bowl that blatantly mocks Jesus. Here's the front of the jacket that has the character who's supposed to be Jesus. You can see what's supposed to be the crown of thorns. And it has razor sharp rainbow teeth. And some crazy drugged out eyes. While the back of the jacket has them nailed to the cross. The front of the jacket reads without end or beginning there is no day and there is no night. Here is the jacket's creator artist Takashi Murakami. Who collabed with none other than Travis Scott to create the chain and the character seen here. Not only did the Lord give you a second chance at life, Mr. Hamlin, but you come back, walk, nothing wrong with you, you're not handicapped, you're not paralyzed, and you come back and wear a jacket to the Super Bowl that mocks him. I guess people don't learn the first time. I don't know what y'all thoughts are. Uh, Drop your comments in the section below. I don't know what you think about that. Um, I don't, I'm not that much into the whole holistic approach of things. I'm not into all the biblical verses. I don't really know much about it. Um, But everyone's coming out because he was basically flaunting the jacket too. He was like making sure you saw the back. He was holding the front. That's why everybody was tripping like, what was up? And then you see him with LeBron James and he's holding up the three or whatever people call Illuminati, all this bullshit. I don't know anything about it. I'm out the loop on it all. I don't want to talk about shit about it. It is what it is. That is what they wear, though. In my opinion, the kids I see, the young kids I see, they will wear anyone's shit. They will wear anybody's shit. Breaking news, the Colts have hired Eagles offensive coordinator Shane Steichen as head coach. Uh, I was already going to bring that up in a few minutes. We're going to get into that. The Colts hired Shane Steichen. means Jeff Saturday's probably back with Ryan Clark talking about the Super Bowl next week. Um, from what Here's my experience. 
kids will wear everyone's shit without knowing anything about it. Anything about it. And I don't think the kids understand what they're wearing whatsoever. So that's what kids do. Because we stand, we don't stand for shit, but we'll fall for anything and everything. See, people don't really do no research. Back in the day when I was young, you know, it was like, you know, Cats was finding out that like Tommy Hilfiger was racist or uh, Nautica was racist or back in the 90s, Cats weren't going to Exxon gas station. They found out that Texaco was racist. And then you had um, back in the day, the t- the, the hat brand, um, God damn, Mitchell and Ness. Everyone was wearing Mitchell and Ness. Everyone was wearing the the black, the Negro League jerseys made by Mitchell and Ness. Then they found out Mitchell and Ness was racist. Then Cats started boycotting them. But Cats would still wear the shit. Like, no one does the research until after the fact that some shit goes down. Everybody was eating Tommy. uh, Everybody was eating fucking... uh, what do you call it? Pizza. Tommy John's pizza or whatever. And then Shaq bought that motherfucker because they found the owner was racist and said the N-word. And then they got rid of that motherfucker. And then, uh, like, dog, do some research first. This is why kids are transferring four fucking times because you don't do the research prior to going to the school. You don't do research prior to taking the job, coaches, administrators, CEOs. And then you leave, and then you bash the place, talking shit. How about you do the research first? Mom, dad, son, daughter. So you don't transfer four fucking times. You're not turning over rocks. You're not doing enough research. Hamlet will come out later because PR will make him say, I did not know this jacket represented X, Y, Z. I just wore the jacket because it was a trend or a fad or my homies or whatever. That is what's going to happen. Papa John's, my bad, Papa John. Um, so, like, dog, you guys are wearing those big old bubble boots now. Skinny jeans, tight-ass sweats. Like, dog, this is what it is. They won't, They. I bet you haven't, uh, like, unless he's a clone and y'all think real deep into all this shit, that he's an alien in some shit. <laughs> I don't think he knows what the fuck jacket he's wearing. Now they're trying to put it because Travis Scott had a jacket made by the same guy. Like, I don't know if it's that deep, big of a deal. I don't know how that all works. I don't think they, I think these young cats are ignorant. I think ignorance is life-threatening. And I think that people are too nosy, especially on TikTok and Instagram and Twitter. I think we're all too nosy and we want to be a part of everyone else's life except our own. (laughs) you want to be a part of everyone else's life and live the worst one of all. Like, why don't you get your life right first and then comment about a motherfucker like me on Twitter. Like, a motherfucker is over there hitting women, fucking being a fucking big old bitch, fucking talking back to adults, fucking taking guns to school, doing the bitch-made-ass shit every day, and then they want to comment on your you saying Patrick Mahomes is overrated. 
about you clean up your fucking mess first, homie? How about you fix your life first and then holler at me about what I fucking said about Mahomes? I believe me and Patrick Mahomes, my talking about Patrick Mahomes is the least of your shitbird worries. How about you get your fucking real life situation figured out? I, it blows my mind. This is what it is. This is a straight up example of what we do. We're going to comment and get in, dive into someone else's lane before we ever fix our own motherfucking lane. You need to fucking repave the concrete in your lane, motherfucker, before you go into ours and shit and fuck ours all up. That's just what you need to do. Um, yeah, lots to talk about. Um, what's up with the triangle? Rihanna. Rihanna putting the triangle up. Uh, Beyonce, Jay-Z. It's funny, she said she does this. Everybody's oh shit, it's devil, it's Illuminati, it's Freemason. No, it's 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 Jay-Z. Jay-Z's controlling Rihanna. That's why Beyonce does it because of Jay-Z. I'm like, dog, I don't give a fuck. I really don't give a fuck. Why is this a big old trending thing now? Rihanna's doing the triangle. Why is that a big fucking deal? Please inform your boy, because I don't know. Nor do I give a fuck. <laughs> like, I don't give a fuck either. And I bet you 50 percent of the time, these celebrities and these people do it just to get you guys to make videos about them, to make them more popular. And they're sitting there laughing, smoking a stick, and they're like, "These motherfuckers really think we're into some way out shit." They're really just like. Today, we'll just come up with this. <laughs> and motherfuckers will start talking. Why JB do this? Is he fucking retarded? Like, fuck, homie. Get the fuck. Get, stay in your own lane, dog. God damn. I think I'm going to try it. I'm going to do some shit. I'm going to come out like. <laughs> I don't want to mock the fucking special ed, man. But I'm going to be honest. I'm going to come out and mock, I'm going to do some my own shit one day. I'm going to come out and be like. Like, just do some stupid shit and see if y'all run with it. I'm going to see if you motherfuckers run with it on Twitter and shit. God damn, dog. Some of you motherfuckers, man. FYI, Patrick Mahomes, he looked great at Disneyland. For everyone who's worried about his ankle after the heroic performance in Super Bowl Sunday that everyone's talking about. Uh, I'm trying to say that with a fucking straight face and not laugh, dog. That motherfucker was running around Disneyland like a motherfucker yesterday. Did you see him running around shaking people's hands? He was sprinting to lines and shit. I was like, damn. And the DMs that I got about him playing on an injured ankle are fucking astronomical. I got a million fucking DMs talking shit to me after the Chiefs won and saying that he is the fucking Michael Jordan playing in the flu game and and Kobe Bryant ripping his Achilles from his fucking bone and shooting free throws and Jack Youngblood playing in the Super Bowl with a broken fucking tibia 
And Ronnie Locke cutting his finger off so he didn't have to leave the game. And Junior Seau snapping his forearm and continuing to play at linebacker position. I, it blew my mind. I'm like, homie, this motherfucker has got a sprained ankle. And if he couldn't play, he wouldn't play. So he stayed in the game because he could play. Stop fucking hyping it up, homie. Holy shit. But anyway, I want to just give you an update. He looked fine at Disneyland one day later after the Super Bowl. He was running around with his kids and his fucking goofy wife and brother and looked like he was fine. So everybody out there, you can go gargle on his balls some more today. You can shine his balls, wash them, um, however you want to do it. Um, And... Take some dude wipes, maybe, or something. Dude wipes. Holler at your boy. You guys need to be a sponsor of the show. I need dude wipes so you can wipe Mahomes' ass uh, every time he's walking around Disneyland, hobbling around on his bad ankle. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. By the way, I would stick around today. This show is going to be lit. I'm giving you my top 20 quarterback list of all time today after a long, long day of going through this last night, yesterday and today. And I've been up since two o'clock this morning because my fucking internet went out and I was just thinking about some shit I want to talk about. I came up with my top 20 and I did a pretty investigative deal. I went through it and started really looking at a lot, a lot of, uh, 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 different quarterbacks, how I kind of break them down, winning Super Bowls, going to Super Bowls, but not winning a Super Bowl, kind of equating it to the Dr. J, Charles Barkley, you know, um, some of the great NBA players that never won a NBA title. Uh, how do we rate them in the all-time greats? Similar situation in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, that's just kind of what it is. I mean, I can't do the snake video. Uh, snake video to me is not that interesting. I don't like snakes, number one. And I think I think we take these videos and make them. We just make them. I think that's a fake-ass video, just like the kid breaking the TV for the Eagles. We make their videos go viral. because, And I, I refuse to show a video that, that goes viral. I like to be a little original with the shit and a little more uh, creative in the videos that I show. So, you know, videos are so viral now. We've all seen most of the videos. It's not like I show you a new video that you've never seen before. But um, snake video to me, I, I saw the shit. And I'm like, dog, I, I'd rather, I rather show you, you know, like I want to talk about this video. If you guys ain't heard about this, Take a listen to this and take, let me have it because I can't wait to post this later on and probably get canceled on Twitter. But is this guy not being a – is this not a truthful a, a question? I want to get your take on this. I'm skipping ahead here because I got a lot of shit to talk about today, and, and I can't wait to get into my top 20 QB list. But have you heard about this shit right here? Because this shit is comical. That you're a trans woman. A trans female, yes, ma'am, sir. Do you have a penis? that's horrible you're the one you're the one that brought that into the discussion (laughs) 
Hold on, no, I gotta play it again. I gotta play it again, I like it. You said that you're a trans woman. I trans female, yes, ma'am, sir. Do you have a penis? That's horrible. Why is that horrible? I'm confused. I like the guy in Arkansas. I like Arkansas now. Arkansas, I thought, was backwood redneck. It is still pretty backwood redneck. I'm sure a lot of you don't have teeth in Arkansas. But you know what? I like Arkansas now. I put you guys up above, probably raised you guys up above Nebraska and Iowa. Moved you guys probably above Missouri after that. Um, uh, I think so. I think I like that. I like the Arkansas guy for answering that, asking that question. I'm confused. As, oh, dog, I saw that shit on Twitter, and I was looking at the comments, and the comments were unbelievable in defense to this motherfucking made-up human. Like, the made-up human element is what's missing. Like, I got to get a T-shirt made, dog, you know, because I think I'm the first one to say it's a made-up human. You know, I, I've been saying that for a long time. I've been calling them a made-up human. You are a made-up human. Let's make sure we're clear. You are a made-up human. You're not born that way. You weren't selected that way. You weren't created that way. You made yourself that way. It's called a made-up human. I can't wait to get that T-shirt made. Um, I do not understand it, dog. I don't get it. And, and, and if you guys are voting this year, okay, you're going to vote for your president nominations and all that. You know, I, I don't, I stay out of that shit because the people that, that buy into the bullshit blow my mind. People look, dog, we got 400 people in here this morning. We had 900 yesterday, man. I shout out to all you guys. Um, appreciate you guys. But listen, the, at least the people that come into my show don't, Buy into the bullshit. Be real about it. Do some investigative homework. Get down and dirty. Research some shit, okay? Research research some shit and dive into it. Um, Like, we got to get into it. I just got a tweet, a uh, text. I'm sure you guys have seen this new one now. This is a whole nother one now. So the Damar Hamlin video now, um, or picture, somebody pointed out the one that was wearing the jersey or the jacket that I just showed you. Apparently, somebody just sent me like 10 pictures. Damar Hamlin used to have a cross tattoo behind his left ear. And in the Super Bowl, the tattoo is missing. The tattoo's gone. Conspiracy. <laughs> I don't know, dog. I just saw the picture. I'm not going to dive into it. Who knows how that, what that looks like. Um, if we're cloning cats out here and they fucked up and missed the, comp and the computer fucked up and didn't put the original tattoo on there, I am upset and mad at you. I am mad at the guy who invented Madden because I used to create the player on Madden and I used to make that motherfucker look like me. I, I made him a 99, and I could get pretty close. If you guys fucked up and didn't put a tattoo on his neck, I'm going to be very disappointed in you. AI. <laughs>
Uh, oh, yeah, it's the cross. Yeah. Come on, dog. Is the cross missing? Anyway, listen. That's a whole other thing. We'll get into the whole thing. But look, I got to be honest. Don't buy into the bullshit. Take a listen to this weirdo fuck. If this ain't one of the most weirdest, cringiest, fucking cowardly fucks, just peep him out. Ron DeSantis. Because the Lord is going to use him in a powerful way. Mm. I had had several years ago a vision that I went into where I saw two palm trees. So a vision that I went into where I saw two so a vision that I went into where I saw two palm trees. And I saw one of them was planted in California, the other one in Florida. And I said, Lord, who are who what is this these two palm trees? He said, This palm tree from California is Ronald Reagan. This palm tree that is in Florida is Ron DeSantis. He said, Ron DeSantis or Ronald DeSantis mm-hmm. is the second, has an anointing similar to Ronald Reagan. And I saw uh, Ron DeSantis as a, as a tree of righteousness, that palm tree. And I saw it uprooted from Florida and brought mm. to Washington, D.C., and planted in Washington, D.C. And as the storms came, he was not moved. That's right. There's, there's something about Ron DeSantis that we need to begin to pray for, we need yes. to begin to look at, because his ultimate future is to have a position in the United States as the president and be planted in Washington, D.C., and he would be like a Ronald Reagan. (laughs) Oh, the one bitch, that's right. Uh, Dog, first of all, TJB, I appreciate you. I I was literally saying what you said. TJB said, this is one hell of a meeting with Jesus. And he took the words out of my mouth. I was literally about to say that. Uh, That motherfucker had a sit-down coffee, cigars, maybe some yak. He had a hell of a sit-down with Jesus Christ. And that motherfucker, dog, had a hell of a meeting. I would have loved to be in that motherfucking meeting. Holy shit. I would have loved to ask him about the aliens, about DeMar Hamlin and the cross missing from his left ear and the jacket. (laughs) Dog, I wanted to dive deep into that motherfucker. He had a hell of a meaning. Let me tell you people out there, cocaine is a hell of a drug. Stay off it. Go fucking get on the fucking pineapple weed. I will take the pineapple weed vape over whatever that motherfucker has been snorting. Because I'm just telling you, please. Dog, when I hear the palm trees, homie, and and, and I see people nodding their head at this motherfucker, like, like, do you see the people on the fucking, on the panel? Vision that I went into where I saw two palm trees and I saw one of them was planted in California, the other one in Florida. And I said, Lord, who are, who, what is this, these two palm trees? He said, this palm tree from California is. 
Dog, I can't even take his face. Like, I, his look. Like, he screams pedophilia. He screams fucking crooked-ass white-collar criminal. He claim he screams weirdo fuck of the world. He screams I'm the top guy on fucking... I'm the motherfucking number one guy on the fucking, uh, on the list of, uh, what's his name's list? What the fuck's old boy's name? Why am I drawing a blank? Fuck! What is old boy's, uh, what is old boy's name that the list is coming out? Uh, the weirdo fuck that, that apparently hung himself in prison. God damn it. Why am I always drawing a blank on his ass? Probably because I don't want to talk about his motherfucking ass. Epstein. There you go. Appreciate you. And, and, and what's up with the conspiracy that Epstein's list is coming out, and that's why UFOs are now taking it away from our fucking minds by putting out UFOs because Epstein's list is coming out. Like, get the fuck out of here. If the if the list was coming out, everybody would already be covering their ass. They're not going to throw UFOs on their motherfucking ass. Come on, man. Dog. I'm being honest, man. Guys like that have a platform, and some people listen. Not some, a lot. A lot of you fucks listen and really believe that. Whoever does, dog, it just shows us how fucked up we are in America right now. Like, I'm being honest. It really shows how fucked up we are to believe any old thing. Believe any motherfucking buddy. I mean, goddamn. All right, what's the deal, Lucy? Lucy in here? I haven't seen Lucy today. Bree, uh, what's the deal with this? <sighs> you ready for the game on Sunday? All right, what's the deal with that? I, it's all clout, likes, retweets. It's all clout. It's all whatever you call it. You know that wasn't him. By the way, the original picture does not have hair like Taylor Lewan. So let's stay. They did that shit to blow up their podcast. Let's keep it real. Stop the bullshit. Quit buying into all the shit. I know Taylor ain't doing no weirdo shit with her. Him, them, made up, human, whatever. So let's just be clear. We know that ain't Taylor Lewan. Let's stop playing. They did that on purpose. Um, all right. Listen, when you guys go to when you guys go to the club, Lucy, um, and you all you've always seen this person, I have to share this. How many of you have seen this person at the club? It's when the cheese on the Big Mac don't melt. You've all have seen this bitch right here on in the club. I got to break it down. I grew up with this type of bitch. I grew up going to the hood clubs back in the day. And this used to be the norm. This used to be the norm. Like if you squirt her with baby oil, you could slide that bitch across the club in UFO to speed time like that bitch. you could baby oil that down and slide her ass across the club and she would fucking break fucking light barrier speed she is that fucking nasty this is a rubber suit who the fuck's gonna wear a rubber suit like this well she did and and, and what kills me is Lucy how about the slit? <laughs> fuck this! Fuck the dress! Fuck the get up! 
How about the slit in the front, though, dog? I got to be honest. What about the slit, though, right there? I'm tripping on that. Is that supposed to be on the side? But the gut, the gut has pushed it to the front. I'm confused. Where is the slit? Is it supposed to be on the side or the front or at an angle? Uh, (laughs) God damn. Um, Let me ask you something. Why is the guys that do like, you know, the guys that baseball season's approaching, right? Spring training's coming up. I had Taylor Hearn on the show last week, Texas Rangers pitcher. Um, and he's already, they're already getting ready for spring ball. Let me ask you, the guys that jump out and run on the field and run around the field and, and you have to chase them and shit. We had a streaker uh, at Waste Management in Scottsdale last weekend for the uh, Waste Management. And why is the streaker the same dude at the baseball field, at the football stadium, that, that Wagner molly Why is it always the same dude? This motherfucker. Why is it always this motherfucker right here? It, isn't it always this cat? Like, <laughs> I just got to be honest. This is the cat right here that does the baseball field. The golf, the football, he's the same dude. Man, I thought it was Sean, Fred Blassie. I thought it was Sean Penn too, dog. I'm not going to lie to you. I thought it was Sean Penn in, in, in fucking uh, in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I was like, God damn. Um, but that was the streaker at the Waste Management. It's always a weirdo motherfucker, man. I, I, I just like, God damn. It's always some weirdo fuck. Um... Oh, I can't, I, I just, it blows my mind, dog. It really does. It blows my fucking mind. Um, I don't get it. I got to be honest, dog. I, I got to get into this this thing. I'm going to get into it with Matt and Steve later on. But um, if you guys haven't seen this. I'm going to mute it, but this is the first time we've had a translator basically do a Super Bowl rendition. And she ripped it, though. I'm not going to lie. She ripped that shit. I mean, she's she's doing the gun. She's using the gun and the whole time. <laughs> she ripped that shit, sign language. I'm confused. If anyone, if everyone, whoever understands that shit is is no joke because she flowing she is flowing with that shit but she did a hell of a job she was really flowing out there i'm i want to know is that real i want to know if that's real i gotta ask somebody that's that that's that's deaf if is that real because that motherfucker was impressive um even through all through the other shit um yeah the, the yeah i ain't you ain't gonna lie that fucking translator was bad as fuck. She was badder than 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 uh, Rihanna, you know, especially being pregnant. No, I mean shit. Much kudos to Rihanna for being pregnant, but not my cup of tea. I don't really, I don't really want to see. I don't want to see you pregnant 
during the Super Bowl. That is where I think they failed. I have nothing against a pregnant woman. I mean, it is what it is. You're, hopefully, she has a happy life. Or she's got she's a billionaire, a makeup line, and she's one of the greatest entertainers. Uh, I don't even know who she was with. I did not know ASAP Rocky who that even is. I did not know who that was. But I heard of him before, obviously, because I say it all the time, fucking around. I didn't know who he was. I never knew any song he sings. I don't know shit about him. But having said that, I'm confused as to the people who come out and now are defending Rihanna when all the people came out saying it was a trash Super Bowl halftime show. She was pregnant. Whoop-de-whoop-de-whoop. Well, listen, here's my take. You should have not did this because it's a bad look. You couldn't really do it full go. So therefore, the audience in the crowd gets half-ass effort. But then you expect us not to talk about it because you'll cancel us for saying that you were pregnant and it wasn't a good look. So I'm confused as to which one it is. See, to me, you half-shorted and half-assed the performance because of your situation. So I would have said, you know what? I cannot do this. And someone else needs to do it because I don't want to short change the audience, my crowd, my fan base. I'm just confused as to why we can't talk about being fucked over and shortchanged on the third most watched Super Bowl in the history of television. Over 150 million people watched that thing. And that's what we saw for halftime. I'm just confused. I have no issue with Rihanna or what she uh, pregnant or nothing. Why did she perform is my issue. Like have some fucking professionalism since the audience is who pays you and say, you know what? I'll do next year's Super Bowl. When I have the baby, everything will be better. Let's have some people in there and rock the house. Like that was really, really shitty in my opinion of uh, she should not have done the thing. That is my take. I don't have any issue with her or what she did. I have the issue of doing what she did when she did it. I think that is what needs to be talked about. Um, so, you know, that's just my opinion. Um, Ramiro says, short change. She didn't get paid. Motherfucker, she's a billionaire. We got short chains. You fucking listen, Ramiro? Fucking dumbass. You probably listen to the fucking sign language broad, huh? Because you fucking can't hear anyway. You don't listen, dumb motherfucker. I said the fans got short chains. The ones that pay her bills, motherfucker. The ones who made her a billionaire, us. We got short chains. You understand now, Ramiro? Oh, bitch-ass motherfucker. Keep your motherfucking mouth to yourself next time you're in my show, motherfucker. Or get your bitch-ass blocked up out of here. I hate dumb motherfuckers who say stupid shit because y'all don't listen. How about you listen, motherfucker? Instead of fucking hearing every motherfucking thing, how about you fucking listen for once, motherfucking bitch? Oh, oh sorry about that, Matt. I didn't even know you were here. Morning. You hear me? Again. Um, I said the audience got shortchanged from Rihanna's uh, um, 
performance because of her being pregnant and not being able to really do the job she was was asked to do. Um, I have nothing against Rihanna. I'm nothing against her being pregnant. But then some fucking idiot in the audience in the chat here is like, she didn't get shortchanged. She didn't even take any money. I said the fans got shortchanged, dumb fuck. The fans that pay her salary, who's made her a billion dollars, that's who got shortchanged. I think Rihanna should have waited it out, did it next year after she has the baby, and then it would have been a little better performance. I don't believe that the fans should have had to watch her pregnant do half-ass performances. Do you agree or disagree? I thought the halftime show was terrible. Thank you. I mean, I'm, I'm I, look, I I love how this has become like pregnant pregnant shaming just because you didn't like the halftime show. Yeah, like, we're assholes because she's pregnant and we said it. Dude, the 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 Super Bowl show last year was nine fucking superstars deep. Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, Eminem, 50 Cent, Kendrick Lamar, and I, I think some other guys, but may, just yeah, 50 Cent, Dre, or yeah, Dre. I mean, wasn't Mary J. Blige there too? I think Mary J. Dre. I yeah. mean, fuck. And then this, Legendary. Look, I, I love Rihanna. I think she's awesome. Like, I love her music. She's fucking super sexy. Like, I, she does it for me. But if I'm talking about like expectations for a Super Bowl show, I expected her to be dancing and shaking her ass and doing what she does. I didn't, obviously no one knew she was pregnant. I guess that's the entire like p- point or something. I, I don't fucking know, man. I mean, I'm kind of more pissed off, Matt, to be honest. If I'm a fan of Rihanna, which I'm not a big fan, but if I turn on that show or I'm at that show and I don't know shit about it before, it's like going to the Clipper game and Kawhi Leonard's load managing and it's not there. And I paid the well, fucking bill to take yeah, my kids well, there. Everybody I was with watching it, my mother or my son, like my whole family, I was sitting there watching the game with them and they all were like, is she okay? Like what, what the hell was going on? No one knew that she was pregnant. If she would have said, I'm doing this pregnant, then I would have been like, oh, well, that's fuck that's pretty well nobody nobody would have watched you know that well i I just don't understand why we get duped matt we get duped as a fan base all the time like why i don't no offense but i don't want to go see rihanna when she's six months pregnant at a concert i want to go see her when she's not pregnant and wearing nothing and shaking her ass and singing fucking diamonds that's what i want so hey you know matt let me give you a little story i've I know you've had these stories, and I know you could tell a lot of these. But the sickest feeling I've ever had is I went to a titty bar in Salina, Kansas, and I walked in this titty bar in Salina, Kansas. I was on the practice squad with the Chiefs, and I walk in here, and I'm going to be honest with you. I thought I was in some type of – I thought it was a, a bad, like, dream or something. I thought it was there was no way this is real. What, just so, C-section scars everywhere or what? Well, the first broad that got on – her staples were ripping out of her stomach from just having the baby. Like she had a baby that night. She had a baby that day. Like her staples were in her fucking stomach. And I'm like, what's going on here? The next bitch bent over and her fucking string of her tampon was hanging out. And then the third bitch had a freshly opened knife wound that was not correctly stitched. 
That was my first Kansas titty bar experience. I swear to God, that is a real story. And that is the vibe I got the other night. That is disgusting. And that's not the vibe I got the other night, but that's fucking gross. <laughs> that is. That's a true story, though. I'm not going to lie to you, dog. God damn. I, I should write a book about that story that night. Look, look, bro, if it smells like tuna, it's tuna. Well, it could be, there's bad tuna also. Yeah, but all tuna smells bad. If it smells like tuna, it's tuna. Run. No, the, the tuna I eat is, is, is what expected of tuna. That's what I expect tuna to be. I eat that. Like, I'm talking about the canned tuna, not the vagina tuna. I'm talking about. Now, I'm talking if it's bad tuna, Matt, I'm going to close it and throw it away. The same I'm going to do with Badussi. Balls, dick, and pussy mix in the vagina. It smells like bad tuna. It's, if it smells like tuna, it's probably tuna. Run. Um, let me ask you something, man. There's a lot going on today. Other than this, anything. I, I know. All right. Perfect time to have you on. Uh, you made a TikTok video that I shared about this. A buddy of mine told me that he's broke this down incrementally and said that Roger Goodell is in his ear telling him, hey, Chris, I don't care how you hit the quarterback. Is this true or not? Look, bro, I think I think that is fireable. Like, I, I have lost all respect. I didn't have any respect for Roger Goodell anyway. He's a fucking jerk-off. And if he was on this show, I would tell his $70 million making ass a year that he is a fucking jerk-off. The way he takes care of ex-players, the way he runs the league is jerk-off city. This, I don't care how you hit the quarterback hugging Chris Jones like this after the game, like, he just won a fucking huge bet or something. You're the commissioner, motherfucker. Like you are the commissioner of the NFL. You're not supposed to have a horse in the race. You just want the league to do well. You're not supposed to be down there hugging and kissing everybody. I despise the hugs on draft day. I hate it. I think it's fucking so fake. The same guy he's hugging is the same guy he's going to find. The same guy he's going to suspend for nothing. So, you know, I personally think Roger Goodell is the biggest slapdick in sports. And this is just another prime example of him not knowing and understanding what his job is and being a super fan while he's also the commissioner. And that is not good business. This is a terrible look. And for him to say, I don't care how you hit the quarterback. All right. So then look, if I'm every other NFL team in, 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 in the NFL right now, all of the 31. It is now open season on Patrick Mahomes. Next year, I don't give a fuck about personal fouls. I don't care about fines. If I'm playing for the Broncos, I am trying to fucking hurt Patrick Mahomes. I'm not trying to tackle him. I'm trying to hurt him. And if you don't like that, I don't care. The commissioner of the NFL just said he doesn't care how you sack the quarterback to a three technique who had 15 sacks this year who I watched pick Russell Wilson up in a game and DDT his ass, and they didn't call the flag. I wonder why they didn't call it. 
Like, this is why I think Kansas City has a fucking edge in games because of shit like this. And if you're too fucking blinded by chief goggles to understand what you're looking at, then you're part of the fucking problem. This is a massive, massive problem. It makes me not want to bet on games anymore. It's making me not want to watch the NFL. I'm serious. I will watch college football for the rest of my life, and I will I will turn the NFL off if this continues. Hold on. It's an interesting point you make because I never thought this deep into it. I don't get into the conspiracy part of it. You've been saying it for six months on this show. Nate Burleson came out. Apparently, I did not even know this. He comes out. There's a video out there. I'm trying to get it uploaded. He basically called the game out verbatim uh, six hours before the game, and his yeah. best his best friend bet sixteen thousand dollars on the game. Exactly how what he said and won one point six million. Is this real? Yep. And look, Nate Burleson came out and basically said, "Let me see." Man, I would bet on Andy Reid. I do believe he is going to coach his best game that we've ever seen. It will be creative. It will be fun. It will be explosive. I have the Chiefs winning this 38-35. Wow. 38-35, Patrick Mahomes MVP. Yep. Um, I, look, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just – the game was awesome. I don't think you can script football. I don't. But – I do think you can script the refs and I do think you can have the power to tell the refs to get involved when they shouldn't be just like they shouldn't have gotten involved the other night. Like just, I, if you want to call it a hold, okay, whatever. But they didn't mean to make that call on top of the fact that the ball was 15 yards overthrown over his head. And the way that I really deter or determine if it's pass interference or not is by looking at the receiver and Juju Smith-Schuster didn't fucking throw his hands up. He didn't do shit. He well, just he wasn't impeded. He didn't break stride. This is my point. He knew he wasn't interfered with. In fact, when he got the flag, you could see everybody like, oh, we got the flag? Yes. Hey, Matt, but everybody's on me. Everybody's on me from yesterday. Everybody's talking shit to us saying it was holding, wasn't P.I. No shit. We yeah. know why they called it defensive holding because they couldn't call P.I. because the ball was uncatchable. So that's the reason they called it holding instead of P.I. Because if they called it P.I., it also wasn't holding. It would on. And, and based on the, the gameplay and everybody else being physical all night, it wasn't holding. It was a cop-out call to end the game. I mean, the first call of the Ended. game, Matt, the first one they made. Fuck. Um, on the third play of the game, Janarius Sneed fucking dick nails some guy helmet to helmet. They didn't call that. They didn't call the Chiefs lining up offsides on fourth down multiple times to try and stop the sneak. So there were they were letting them play. This is my point. I understand that a penalty is a penalty. I know what a fucking penalty is, fanboys. I get it. I'm saying oh, in, that, in, that, in that circumstance, you don't make that call. And when I see Roger Goodell after the fucking game loving up the captain for the Chiefs and telling him he doesn't care how he fucking tackles the quarterback, if you find me this year for fucking roughing the passer, I'm oh I'm driving to New York right now to mutiny. This is fucking ridiculous. The fact that people aren't talking about this more is unfucking real. It's like no one talking about the massive fucking chemical spill in Ohio. None of the no media member is talking about that on national media. I wonder why. Well, what about the? I, I want to ask you this. Fuck, man. What, what is going on, dog? Like, 
So we had another one in Houston, another chemical spill in Houston, right, right near Sean Salisbury's house. Another train derailed yesterday, holding very uh, chemical, another bad chemical, and I haven't heard anything about it. Yeah, I, and the, look, the world's going to hell in a handbasket, number one. But from a football perspective, like I, I truly believe at this point that – Roger Goodell is up there toying with who he wants to win and who he wants to be in games. Period. I think that I think that it happened in the AFC title game for a fifth down. I think it fucking and look, I'm wearing a Colorado hat right now. I know about fifth downs, okay? And and I think it happened in the Super Bowl. And you know, like just I'm more pissed off that they robbed the fucking viewing public and the Eagles of a minute forty, like. That should that should have been an overtime Super Bowl, 38-38 going into overtime. And then it could have gone on for another four hours because you can't overtime tie in the fucking playoffs in the Super Bowl. You have to keep playing. So it, it could have been as good as the Falcon Atlanta or the Atlanta Green or fucking New England Super Bowl or the Seattle New England Super Bowl, but they fucked it up. The most people viewing of all time got that lackluster ass fucking ending. And look, I could live with the penalty if I didn't see that clip. If I didn't see Roger Goodell fucking making out with Chris Jones after the game and hugging him like he's his fucking agent, I could live with the penalty and I'd get over it today. But the fact that I saw that yesterday after we got done, and I didn't even see it until I was done on my radio show here in Denver too. I, it it like it. I had to do a fucking video on it. Like it really bothered the. It bothers the fucking shit out of me. I hate it, and it makes me not want to watch the NFL anymore. It makes me want to tell the NFL to go fuck themselves, because it's a it's a twisted ass organization. Like I, this, I don't care how you hit the quarterback, motherfucker. All you did all year was was penalize and demonize everybody that touched the quarterback, and now after the Super Bowl, you're telling a guy that plays three technique and is an all pro, you don't care how he hits the quarterback. Well, fuck you, Roger. Then we're going to go after every quarterback. Like it's 1994. And everybody's getting hit. The fucking fucking so much. They know you're not going to do that. So no, fuck it. Like if I look, look at this point, if you're a player, if you're a defensive lineman in the league and you see this video, if you're a pass rusher in the NFL, and you see this video, find me, bitch. Find me, because every time you say something to me, I'm going to post this fucking video, and I'm going to tag you on it, and I'm going to make sure that everyone hears you say, I don't care, you hit the quarterback. You fucking condescending, hypocritical piece of shit. Roger Goodell, fuck you, dude. Fuck you, Roger. And as an ex-player, fuck love. I'm bringing the hate around this motherfucker. Yeah, I know it's Valentine's Day, and all you happy, lovey motherfuckers can suck it. This is my Valentine to you, Roger. <sighs> you ready for the game on Sunday? Oh, dude, I don't want to get into this. I don't want to get into that. Hey, what's going on? That's not real, dude. I don't give a fuck what it is. I don't want to get into that at all. That's your boy, ain't it? I'm. I don't want to get into this, dog. <laughs> hey. I know him too. I'm like, dude, why are they making this to do clout? I don't get it. I don't um, understand why we're why they're giving. I don't want to talk about this. Hey, how about this? Trans woman. I trans female. Yes, ma'am, sir. Do you have a penis? That's horrible. 
It's not horrible. It's actually what? a legitimate question. Are you trans? Yes. Hey. Hey, it's a legitimate question to me. Do you have a penis? Hey, Arkansas went way up the list on my best state list. <laughs> hey, when that motherfucker asked her, him that, or I called Matt, I'm making a shirt. I'm having a shirt made. I'm going to send it to you. It's on the back. It's going to say no made up humans allowed. <laughs> and those are made up humans, Matt. We have I'm, made I'm up. Humans I don't understand. I don't want to hear him, her, them, the, the. These nuts, them motherfucker. It's a man and a woman. That's what we were born to be. I don't know what the fuck you guys want to make this shit out to be, but holy fuck. But Let me get this. People talk about this all the time, and I always say there are no chicks with dicks. There's only dudes with boobs. <laughs> exactly. Uh, every player on the Chiefs made 157. The Eagles made 82 grand. Not a bad day. Better than the Pro Bowl. It used to be like the Pro Bowl. Now, uh, oh, yeah, the, the cash out of the Super Bowl and the playoffs used to be terrible. Yeah. Um, Kelsey Brothers played. Uh, does Jason walk away, in your opinion? Um, it, it depends on whether or not he, th he thinks the Eagles are going to be another contender next year, and they should be. I mean, they should be back in the in the playoffs again next year, either as, you know, a division winner or a, or a, uh, a wild card. But it look, man, it – He's been playing for so long. He's got a ring. I think he's a Hall of Fame player um, just based on the the hype and where he plays and how long he played, and he's really good. I mean, it, it, he's he's one of these guys where I don't feel weird saying he's a Hall of Famer. Um, and so is his brother. So if if Jason's going to, you know, going to retire, then you did it right, bro. I mean, he, you definitely did it correctly, so. Hey, the Super Bowl odds are already out. Um, plus 600 Chiefs. Buffalo, again, we keep putting them way up there. They have yet to win fucking any meaningful game, but we keep putting them up there in the media. Um, any, uh, I, 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 I equate this to preseason college. When we're already putting out preseason college rankings right now, and we see Alabama at number six, and I'm like, dude, people haven't even started or stopped transferring yet. Calm down. We're not even in spring ball. The Eagles are third plus 900, Matt, and they have 10 unrestricted free agents who started in the game Sunday, and I don't know how we can make these odds, how Vegas makes these odds so quickly, but uh, <clears throat> what is your take on just making the odds? I don't care about the teams. How do you feel about these preseason selections and these odds the day after the Super Bowl? I think it's ridiculous, and people are degenerate gamblers. That's what I think. Zach said the same thing. We both said, why are we making these so like, many? You like, so haven't even gone through the offseason. I don't even know who's playing where and free agency and draft. Like, Just wait until the offseason's done and then put odds up. It's unbelievable, man. The, the Colts get their guy, man. They hired the Shinkin cat from uh, Clay Shaken or whatever, uh, the Eagles O.C., that is another thing. People just put out these odds, and you just lost your fucking OC the same day. How about that? So let's 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 weigh that odd makers. Um, well, anybody that's betting right now on next year's Super Bowl winner is a fucking degenerate gambler. <laughs> no doubt. Period. No doubt. Uh, how how does that the season's over? How does losing their OC to the Colts take a two part question? Do you like to hire an Indy? What does the Eagles do? Uh, I don't know if I like the hire or not. We'll see. Um, 
that pretty much goes with every NFL coach these days. Indianapolis doesn't have a quarterback, so until they figure out the quarterback position, they're going to struggle. But I would imagine that, you know, the Colts like to win, and Ursay throws money at shit, so they're not going to be down for long. They're they're one of the franchises that are in the playoffs a lot. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens there, but they're in a very winnable division. I think the Jaguars are going to run away with that division next year. Uh, but I also think that if Tennessee gets Lamar Jackson or, you know, Carr or somebody like that, they're going to be at least a, a wild card, you know, minimum because Vrabel's a good coach. So, um, we'll see. I mean, every coach at this point is a we'll see because based on what I saw last year in Denver and that fucking train wreck, bro, it I, I can't really get behind anything again until I see it. I agree. Um, yeah, I agree. I want to play a little game with you. Uh, mock draft. Um, I came up with my own, and I want to ask you about what you think about these guys going to these places. Uh I believe the Bears are going to trade the number one uh, to the Colts. And I believe the Colts are going to take C.J. Stroud at number one. I don't know if I believe this, Matt. I'm just giving you scenarios that I would that I like. It makes sense. Yeah. So I'm giving you that scenario. Do you like C.J. to the Colts and the Bears giving up that pick, banking on Justin Fields, and let's create a better roster around him and taking up, giving up that one? Yeah, I would trade the first pick if I was the Bears because – they're probably going to identify Will Anderson or, you know, the Jalen Carter kid from Georgia or something like that. Um, okay. Well, as, as you said that, my second pick was the Texans. They hold the number two spot. They just hired D'Amico Ryans. He's a defensive-minded head coach. Do they take Will Anderson? That's what I have them taking. They need a QB, uh, though, Matt. It depends on how they feel about the, the big boy from Stanford. If Davis Mills yep. is – if he's a backup in their eyes or if he's a bridge, then, yeah, they'll they'll go best player on the board and not take Bryce Young. If they don't like that, then Bryce Young's the pick or Will Levis or whoever else. But the second quarterback off the board, you could see going to Houston here. All oh, right. Man, Taylor, oh, I'm going third to the Cardinals. You like that? Uh, if, if Will Anderson isn't there, Jalen Carter's the third pick, yeah. Broderick Jones, O-Tackle, Georgia, uh, goes to the Bears. Zach Smith broke him down on my show. He said he's been watching a lot of film of him, and he, he wanted to ask you. That's why I think you might be able to go on his show and talk about this one. Zach Smith said, JB, I would love to see Matt talk about him. I want to hear you talk about him. I think he's horrible. Is that the left tackle of Georgia? Yeah. Yeah, he's got a lot of work to do, bro. And they saying he – they're saying he's the number one offensive tackle off the board, and the Bears are most likely – that's who I put him at. But if I haven't watched him. I'm just going off what all the fucking so-called pros are saying. Uh, if he's not good, it ain't going to help just because Justin Fields might have knew him from Georgia. Well, it, it, it's not that he's not good. It's it, He's raw, and he can get away with some of the shit that he does in college because he's playing college players. If he tries to do that shit in the NFL, they'll eat him alive. So he's 6'8, he looks apart, all that he'll, shit. He'll he'll if as long as he gets good coaching and he figures out how to play the position, he'll be fine. The majority of tackles going into the NFL just need coaching. All right. The fifth pick, I'm only going to this this pick with you. Um Seattle has the fifth pick. Pete Carroll's put himself in a very nice situation in the draft, as usual. 
you you said it on this show they stole two great players last year a D two D corner who's unbelievable uh, Richard Sherman esque and a fucking running back who might be a fucking legitimate Pro Bowler every year. Uh, do they take Bryce Young at the fifth spot if he's available, or do they keep Geno and build that roster? I would I would build the roster and keep Geno and wait till next year for a quarterback, or you know wait until Will Levis falls into the second round or something like that because I don't think he's going to be as touted as people think. Um, you know, they, there's nothing wrong with picking a quarterback second or third round. They did that with Russell Wilson. So Geno Smith is a second rounder. So you know they may fortify it there. But if I'm if I'm Seattle, they they could be a player or two away. And then as their young guys keep developing, adding another, you know, premier player. And at that point, if I'm Seattle with that pick, knowing it's coming from Denver, I would just pick the best player available. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, interesting. It's going to be pretty interesting. I don't know how this draft's going to work. But, uh, you know, there's people betting on the draft, too. So, you know, it's fucking unbelievable how dumb we are um, out here. But. Where do you see uh, – I got to ask you an NBA question since we're transitioning football's over. Uh, we're going to have to start talking about a little bit of basketball as the uh, – I'm over here in L.A. I'm a Laker fan, not a LeBron fan, Laker fan. You're a Denver Nugget fan. They hold the one right now. Uh, they're playing great. Joker's an MVP candidate as always. It uh, seems like every year. Russell Westbrook leaves the Lakers. Uh, where do you see him? This came out right here. And people are saying his style probably don't fit Chicago either. People are talking about Utah paying him out and trading him or getting rid of letting him go. People are talking about him in Cle in uh, in uh, L.A. for the Clippers. Um, where do you see Russell Westbrook going? The sofa. I mean, I do. I mean, he's he's coming out, bro. Yeah, I mean, if, if I don't want that guy on my team. He's a cancer. You think he's a cancer? I mean, I, I think he's a good player, but I also think he thinks he's really, really, really good and he can't fit into a scheme and he, like, can't just take a role as a player in the NBA knowing that he's not – he still thinks he's a superstar and he's not. Like, Russell, you're not you're not Kevin Durant. You're not LeBron. You're not Joker. You're, I mean, fuck, bro. You're not even a second-tier superstar. Like you're, you're right, just, I got to ask you this question. We, talking about, we think 95 – I thought you were generous. You said 95% of the world's off. I'd say 99%. Um, Kyrie Irving, listen to this. Again, I really wanted this win. So, uh, to all the Dallas fans at home, I apologize for not getting at least a shot up or something. I'm cringing myself. Uh but it's fun and competition, and, and um, just learning more about my teammates as we continue to be in these situational games. Um, you know, it just tells a lot about our team and how we respond. I mean, he's a happy motherfucker losing a game. I, I, I fucking hate Kyrie Irving, bro. So I want to ask you this, I, Matt. Everything about him, I just, every time he talks, I'm like, dude, just somebody take the microphone out of this fucking clown's hands. I want to take the microphone and shove it down his fucking throat. He's a clown, bro. I, I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm really serious. People really look up to this dude and think that that motherfucker represents people. This is why I would never pay that dude that much money. This is why I would not trade the house for that motherfucker. He don't give a fuck about winning, and in two, three weeks, dog. 
he's going to be blaming fucking Luca. Like, this motherfucker is a shitbird. I've never seen tiger stripes change to fucking spots. Have you? Well, I don't know why Mark Cuban would have actually want this guy around his budding superstar and Luka Doncic. Like, Luka, Luka's a hell of a player and is figuring out how to lead and, like, be a consistent 30-point-a-night scorer. And you mix in this piece of shit with him? Like, that you want him to learn how to be a pro and, like, you want Kyrie Irving to be your leader? What? It makes me, it's it's so uncharacteristic of, of the Mavericks. It's like a desperation move, in Mark, in my opinion, for Mark Cuban. I, wanna, I just want you to take us back in time when you and I were young and we used to watch TV. And there's two parts of this video I'm going to show you. One is we used to love this TV channel and this sport in particular. Two is, do you even think, we know the sport can't be played anymore, but do you even think they can put it on TV, which I know I don't think they can, but do you remember this? I really can't believe this. It's really a sport for anything now. What is this? Uh, Bro. Roller derby. There's no way. Derby? Hey, yo. <laughs> they wrestling too. Oh! <laughs> no way. Wow. Oh. Oh, get the hat, get the hat. Don't forget it. It's WWE. Watch he still lose the hat. My oh, man my too. God. He did all that. Bow, knock him oh, my God, bro. Nah, Whoa. not the last two. Oh. Not the nah, fake crawler. My boy got the James Brown fro. My boy's just rollerblading. Ah. And he flipped my man's the end. Dog, that used to be my shit. Cats used to walk out of there, broken sternums, fucking broken legs. Dog, we couldn't even show that show no more on TV. No, it, it, there's no dangerous sports anymore. Like, even football's not even that dangerous anymore. So, I mean, look, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge believer that, you know, putting yourself in a situation that's uncomfortable is probably a good thing to figure something out about yourself. I wouldn't do roller derby, but I'll watch the shit. There's a... Uh... A breaking news story, Patrick Mahomes revealed that Andy Reid threatened to bench any KC player who left the locker room to watch Rihanna's halftime show. Love it. Love it. That was on that was on Kimmel last night. Mahomes was on Kimmel. Because, by the way, Matt, we all want to anoint uh, Mahomes as top two or three now, apparently, on ESPN. He was at... Disneyland yesterday running around with the kids and his ankle seemed pretty good to me for all the heroic talk out there that he is uh, the next Michael Jordan flu game uh, performance. I'm like, calm down, dog. He had an ankle injury. He played through it. He's okay. Uh, he's not my hero just yet. He was on Jimmy Kimmel, though. You don't even like him. Fine. You hate him. I don't hate him. <laughs> I do not hate Patrick Mahomes. I hate his brother. Oh, I fucking I hate would, his brother, dude. I would, I would choke fuck his brother every his day. Brother, his brother sucks, bro. I would choke fuck his brother every day. Like I just don't understand how Pat hasn't whipped his brother's ass yet. Like, dog, quit acting like this. What the fuck is wrong with you? Hey, so let me ask you this: What is going on? Um, the, the Colts hire. 
who they hire, Schleichen or Schleichen or whatever, some other fucking data analytic cat, are what the fuck are the Cardinals doing and why don't anyone want the job? Eric Bieniemy, I believe, is the best fit for that job. Well, why would you want to go attach your future coaching, you know, resume to Kyler Murray? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Fuck that. Why would you want? Why? Like, well, because I think he's in a very, very. I think he's in a peculiar situation, man. I think he has to do the extra and beyond the go beyond the limit to make him so that I'm not just an Andy Reid do boy. Okay, if we're talking about just EB and he wants to take the job, I support it because I want Eric Bieniemy to get a job. I'm saying, if I'm Eric Bieniemy, I'd rather stay the OC of the Chiefs and go win another Super Bowl than fucking go coach Kyler Murray's turd ass and win four games. Let me ask you this though: Why? He just wants to be a head coach? Like, I don't... No, I don't think that. I think he wants the right situation. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, does he, do you want to be the play caller or do you just want to stay as the titled OC and win Super Bowls? Like, I'm just asking as a, as a professional, me and you are talking and we're saying, okay, I'm the first one to say, Matt, not all jobs are good ones. So we don't need to jump into him. He's made a lot of money coaching. He's been around. He's a known name. He can easily go to college and be the, one of the best recruiters in America. He proved it at UCLA. He's done it already. But does he need to be a head coach or an OC somewhere else? Or can he just stay under Andy Reid? What is so bad about staying with Andy Reid? And what if Andy Reid leaves in two years? Stay there. That's what I think. Look, if he doesn't leave this year to go somewhere else, I think when Andy retires, he leaves the next coach in Kansas City. That's what I think will happen. So, And that seems like a better job than any of the other jobs because you just inherit Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and keep the fucking party going. So, And I think on the flip coin of this, that they welcome Bayan. So Jason Whitlock, I was on there yesterday, he thinks that they want him out. Patrick Mahomes wants him to be out. All these guys want him out. Because they don't like him and all this. And I go, I don't agree. I said, I don't they, think. They love him. They fucking love him. I know. And I'm like, I don't want to hear just one guy, Shady McCoy, coming out talking shit about him because EB motherfucked him one day. I well, know how this Shady game McCoy is. a soft fucking pussy, so that's why he doesn't like EB. That's what I'm he, telling he, you. That's he doesn't like EB. It's just soft, bro. And, he, and I'm going to tell you right now, Matt, that ain't, part of this, that, ain't, that ain't part of the game that we grew up in. Like, when do you throw coaches under the bus years later like a bitch-made cat? Well, I, I I grew up with EB, bro. He was one of my coaches at CU. Like, I know exactly what he is. And if you don't like playing for EB, you don't like football. Like, he's a fucking football coach and a football player through and through. And guys who don't like him, like, the, the guys who don't like him are Marquisha Houston. Like, you remember Marcus Houston? The, yes. That little bitch that transferred to CSU back in the day because yes. EB wouldn't let him spat his shoes. Yes. Number one running back in the country who could have been a fucking all pro, but he's such a pussy that he couldn't, like, just do his job. And he didn't want to split carries with Chris Brown, Cortland Johnson, and Bobby Purify. Like, I'm sorry, but you're the fourth one out of those four. Shit. So, you know, it, it's. Look, anybody who badmouths EB is just soft, in my opinion. So I agree. I agree. I know I grew up with him and Darian and him. He grew, he played right up the street. Uh, he's a little couple, two years older, three years older than me. But 
God damn, he coached you. You make me feel old as fuck right now. Yep. Um, 41 years old and I feel old? What the fuck is going on in my world right now, Matt? Uh, I don't know. I, I think that he needs to stay and stay put, but I do see him leaving because of Nagy being there. I believe Nagy moves in as the OC. There ain't a fucking missing beat. Uh, he's a Reed guy. He knows Mahomes. I think Nagy would be the new title OC. Andy Reed's not giving up play calling duties, dog. I'm sorry to tell everyone. I don't think Andy Reed's going to stop calling plays. Do you? Oh no! Why would he stop? He's excellent at it. He fucking chops people up. Uh, that's I mean, what I'm saying. Why would you ever stop doing that? He's got it down to a fucking uh, a science how he can operate the football team and do everything he needs to do and call the plays. Most guys can't do that shit. Most guys have to give up play calling responsibility. Hey, before you get out of here, um, Michigan State had another senseless fucking shooting on campus. Uh, huh, I blame the soft-ass parents in the world. But anyway, that's a whole nother discussion. Uh, I just want to, you know, rest in peace to everybody that got killed. Uh, I know there was a few bodies in body bags, which is unfortunate to see. I just, I'm just so over this. I'm over the life we're in, Matt. We can't go to college now. Can't enjoy school. Can't go to elementary school. You can't drop your kids off in school no more and not worry about it at home. I am over fucking hearing about senseless shootings from bitch-made cats who won't throw hands anymore, and they're so fucking comfortable shooting a motherfucker because they're soft. I truly believe pussies shoot people. Yeah, I'm, look, it's a bad situation at Michigan State, and it's something that happens constantly in this country. So, And it happens all around the world. It's not like we're the only people that are killing each other. So, Oh, no, I wanted to address that, too, because now you and I defending our families, I don't think we're pussies. I'm saying if you're a pussy walking into a fucking 7-Eleven and just I shooting agree. any random yeah. fuck. I, this is my thing, though. Shooting random I, people is not I, the I right way. Last night, everybody's like, everyone has gun control, and everyone in every country's great. We're the only ones. I go, what? Time the fuck out. We, we're, third world countries are fucking cutting people's heads off, you fucking idiot. Bro, people are so uneducated in this country on, like, what they – are actually talking about it's ridiculous oh it's unbelievable people, people get, shit, Matt, whatever's on social media we believe it. it that's exactly where i was going with this like everyone forgot how to read and forgot how to research and whatever's on social media everyone's just like oh the earth is flat see some guy on tiktok said it is oh the fucking ukraine is this some guy on tiktok said it is oh this happened some guy ticked on tiktok said it is the fuck is going on in the world I don't know. Um, what do you got going today? More grind, bro. I've been here since 5 a.m. Back to it. I'll be on Brandon Walker Barstool today. Watch that. I'll be there on um, today at noon Pacific, 3 o'clock Eastern. Um, the, the Necessary Roughness Show? Yeah. So yeah he's, been he's, on there? He, reached out to me. he reached out to me a couple times, but I haven't heard from him back. Tell him to reach out to me and get it done. Hell yeah, we got to get that going. Uh Try to blow this up. Appreciate everybody. Hit the like button. Make sure you go to Coach AB's store. As I said earlier, you can get some 6-0 Academy. You can get a lot of different shit online. Matt's merchandise is on Coach AB's store as well. You can buy some hoodies and his stuff as well as mine. Follow him or watch him on uh, Altitude every uh, day in Denver. 
And make sure you support him on TikTok, IG, and Twitter as Matt does a hell of a job with the kids. Uh, Matt, coach them hard, love them harder, dog. I appreciate you. Peace. See you tomorrow. Peace. Um, Matt McChesney, I got to take a piss. Let me uh, – we'll take a piss break. And Steve Kim is waiting. He's already here, ready to go. Uh, I'll see you guys in four minutes. Uh, my top ten, all right? I'm going to get into my top ten. Matt asked yesterday about my top ten, and he spit his out real quick. I'm going to pull mine up on the ticker below so the world can see. You can all fucking go, ah, fucking chat. 400 people are going to talk shit. I don't fucking care. So here we go. I'm going to go Tom Brady. Here we go. Before I pull it up, before, I know you guys saw everything. I'm going to use this criteria. You've had, for me, you've had to at least, to be in my top five, have won a Super Bowl, been to Super Bowl, and just one of the elite of elite. All right? That is how my criteria kind of is. So here we go. Tom Brady, who's the GOAT as far as wins. I do not believe he's the best as far as skill set, but I do believe he's the best quarterback. All right? We're not going to get into that fucking thing uh, as far as winning and losing. Um, so Agreed. that's number one for me. Um, I got Troy Aikman because I believe Troy Aikman can travel to any era and be as accurate as any quarterback of all time. He is the fucking – people do not – you're 40 years old, Matt. How do you not believe in fucking Troy Aikman? You know how good he was? Do you realize how second, good he was? The second best quarterback of all time? Yeah, dog. Do you know how good Troy, Troy Aikman fucking was? Aikman? Do you know how good he was? Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Elway, I got at three. I got Montana at four. Manning at five. Rodgers at six. Favre at seven. Uh, both of those are very close skill set wise. Both have a Super Bowl, been to two. Marino at eight. Or, sorry, yeah, at eight. Bradshaw at nine because he won so much. He's not as talented as anyone else. And Steve Young at 10 because of just he was the first lefty to really dominate his position. Um, that's my top 10. I'll just let it keep ticking, dog. I'm going to mute my channel. Go ahead. Uh, I don't have a problem with the rest of the top 10, but Troy Aikman even being on the list. You're, you're, just, you're shitting me, right? You're telling me, me want to not a top 10 quarterback. No, here's mine. Brady, Manning, Elway, Montana, Marino, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, oh, Steve, fuck. Steve Young, Mahomes, and Jim Kelly. See, this is the problem I have. With Troy this. fucking Aikman. Oh, dog. I... It, Drew Brees couldn't hold Troy Aikman's fucking left nutsack from behind his asshole. Here, dude. Yeah, Drew, Brees, Drew Brees runs circles around Troy Aikman. Huh? Drew Brees runs circles around Troy Aikman, bro. Oh my bro, God. bro, Danny White could have won those Super Bowls with those. This teams. is how I break. And, and people in the chat, Jim Kelly over Aikman. Really? Aikman beat Jim Kelly twice the Super Bowls, you dumb fuck. No, 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 no. Troy Aikman's team beat Jim Kelly. You so put Jim Kelly on the. You put Jim oh, Kelly so on the so Cowboys. They went six team titles. beat fucking seven teams. Troy Aikman is maybe the most overrated quarterback ever. See, I, I, I almost think that I can say that about Tom Brady. Oh my fucking god! Oh my god! Oh, How can you say Tom Brady is overrated? Tom Brady played in the worst conference for 20 years of all time in the NFL history. Look, that's true. He played in the worst division ever. I know. I played in it. But and, he's not and let, me, let, me, let me break this down, though. 
If you compare Troy Aikman and Tom Brady and they we go out here on the park and go fucking throw the football around the park, it ain't even fucking close. Well, no one's saying, that, no one's ball saying ball. that Troy Aikman couldn't throw the ball. He was extremely accurate, and he did a great job running the system that he was. All right, all right, all right, all right. We're back in the building. Steve Kim is here. We're ready to go. Uh, I had to take a piss. Uh, Steve came in. He had to shit out all my brisket. Hold on uh, for one second. Hold on. <laughs> um, oh, man. You, you got to close the door. You don't want nobody to hear Oh, uh, Coach, what's up? Good morning. What's up, man? Good morning. Um, a lot of weird shit going on. DeMar Hamlin, they're saying that, you know, hey, I, I, I want to let everybody know. I was fucking with everybody at the, at, at the, at the party we had. We were chill, hanging out and uh, watching the game, and I was like, that ain't DeMar Ham Lam Hamlin. That's Lamar Hamlin. I'm like. He's too damn, he's too smooth. And I mentioned to you what my yeah. mom said and what some doctors said about the oxygen to the brain. We we brought it up in here. We had a person in here who actually had a similar thing happen. It was like, I'm not, I, it took me months to recover. But anyway, um, a new thing has surfaced, Steve, that he had a tattoo on a million different pictures taken of a cross behind his left ear. Pretty big, prominent cross. Hmm. Now, this, this big. Sunday at the game, no cross on behind his ear. Whew. What's going on with this, Steve? Is this real shit or what? I'm not I a conspiracy mean. guy, Steve. I'm not a conspiracy guy, Steve. But have you seen the video of him wearing the jacket? The jacket caused a little bit of controversy with some of the stuff that was on it. I, God, you know, this this reminds me of that the old show. I don't know if you remember it. It started. It starred Leonard Nimoy called In Search of. And yeah, were, uh, that show was creepy because Leonard Nimoy was creepy, even when he wasn't Dr. Spock, right? And, like, they do shows about how were the pyramids made, Bigfoot, Letty, Loch Ness Monster. And even though that show would come on in the afternoon, stuff, it would scare the hell out of you. Like, oh, my God. DeMar Hamlin would be a feature in search of, in search of DeMar Hamlin. So, that, <laughs> I mean, I... Do you remember this, though? I really can't believe this. It's really a sport for anything now. Oh. Bro. Oh, it's no way. That. Hey, <laughs> yo. They wrestling, too. Coach. Oh. <laughs> no way. Bye. Coach. Oh. Steve, Coach. that was my favorite time to watch TV. Yeah, they're acting like it's new. I, that's one of the first sports or sports and entertainment that I recall. Yes. Now, the Olympic Auditorium, for anyone out here in the Los Angeles, Southern California area, remembers we had we had the dynasty. See, when people say, what's the winningest team in L.A. history? Lakers? No. Uh, the Dodgers? No. USC football? No. UCLA basketball? Eh, maybe, but no, 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 no. The L.A. T-Birds, led by the greatest winner of all time, move over Magic, Shaq, who are, Ralphie Valadares. God damn, you are legitimate. Man, man the take it, take it. dad used to take me to watch the T-Bird yeah. all the time. And, and coach, I remember this guy was so clutch. Every week, basically, T-Bird's down by three, only a minute to go. But you know what? Ralphie Valadares was like, damn it, give me that jammer's helmet. He would demand it like Kobe Bryant and say, you know what? Everyone just get in the way. Let me be Ralphie Val. And he would like just like weave in. And he would, like, call the time. Oh, six points. And with, like, two seconds to go, 
The and there's no way half the audience, 530 people in here right now, yeah. no way half of them know about roller derby. Right. And then they had like, uh, and God rest her soul, she died recently, Skinny Minnie Miller. Man, she was fast. She was quick. She could get in between these other people because she was so thin. And But I remember the, the best bad guy, um, it, was, it was a black guy by the name of Harold Jackson. This guy was like Lawrence Taylor on roller skates. He's yeah, he was yeah, he would just toss out people. He would flip. It was amazing. But Ralphie Valadera said, no, 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 no. I am not being denied. That that was a clutch performer. So, by the way, Coach, they did a documentary. I got to bring you a DVD of it, of the history of the Olympic Auditorium. My friend Robert Benavides was one of the lead producers on it. And a main segment of that is on not just boxing, but the roller derby, because they used to go every week when it was run by Eileen Eaton. I got You'll really enjoy it. But yeah, the T-Birds were classic. T-Birds were classic. God hey, bless Ralphie Valadares. Uh, Matt was on before you, and uh, he made a he made a video because he played, and he was very pissed off with this video. And in the video at the end, he clearly says, "I don't give a shit how you hit the quarterback. It's yeah. starting to rub a lot of NFL players and people the wrong way." What'd you think about? <laughs> I know you saw it, uh, like everybody else. He, at the end, though, he clearly says, I don't care how you hit the quarterback. It's clear as day. Um, you just came out and said the referees are the best we've ever had. Like, I'm confused on this message. You know, I don't want to go full-blown Korean buddy Ryan here. But if I'm playing the Chiefs, I'm with McChesney because I was listening in. I would flat out say, okay, guys, if you could flat out damage the quarterback slash Mahomes, I got a nice flat screen TV for you at the end of the week. I mean, this whole notion that the Saints were the only team doing some sort of bounty or, or rewards. I never understood why it was just Sean Payton. I've been hearing about this. For, in fact, University of Miami had one. It was sponsored by Luther Campbell. I mean, they'd have a whole board. Like, if you cause a sack, you get this. Fumble sack. Interception. Everyone does it. You can call it a bounty. I call it an incentive clause. But when it comes to quarterbacks especially guys at the elite level of a Mahomes isn't that worth a 15 yard penalty if you really damage the guy scramble his eggs a little bit I mean they call it risk to reward ratio so I think so one there, more, I, gotta, I gotta ask you one political thing uh, yeah what do you I don't know if you saw this with earlier but what do you think trans, about this I trans female yes ma'am sir do you have a penis That's horrible. Yeah. Why? I, I think it was a hell of a question. Steve, I just told Matt, Arkansas went from bottom three state, no teeth, backwoods, inbred. It, it probably rose in my list to the top 10 state in the union now. You know what was maddening about that video was the reaction of these other people clutching at their pearls. I know. It's a very basic question, but again... Those people were out in public. They don't want to be doxxed or outed. They don't want to be branded as transphobic. But again, e either we rely on biology and facts that if you have a penis, you are not a female. It, this is nothing radical. It, it's nothing new. That will never, ever change. But this is how we lose society when we let the minority 
basically legislate to the majority in a situation like this. I don't know at what point, if ever, this stops. Uh, I'm over it. It's so bad. Uh, I'm so, it's so bad, man. Uh, yes, do check me out 3 p.m. Eastern on Barstool with Brandon Walker. I'll be on there today. Uh, Steve, I have you on here for one particular reason. And I know I have you. I got about 15 minutes. I wanted to, it's going to take us 15 minutes to go through this. I've been doing this hard, due diligent work. And I said, nobody better than Steve to combat my top 20 quarterback list of all <laughs> has Mahomes made it yet is he like 17th I, I think people might be surprised at where he's at I think people may be surprised at where he's at so let's start off at number 20 and we'll go to number one I think that's the more yeah. agonizing way for the audience to really be mad at me um number 20 Steve and I know I'm not going to put you on the spot, and, and, and I wish I would have prepped you, and we could have went 20 for 20 and, and, and kind of put them in. But you can go along and kind of yeah. – you, you're very good at this. So, number 20, I got Warren Moon. Ooh. Warren Moon won a great cup, CFL legend, came on over, played USFL yep. legend, came into the NFL, one of the most – so Sean Salisbury played with a few of these guys and was like, Warren Moon could spin it with any of them. Yep. L.A., Aikman, um, Marino. Warren Moon was right there. And he, he thinks that Warren Moon, if he would have got a Super Bowl, was a top 10 guy. So I got him at 20. How do you feel? You know, look, he could spin the ball. Him and Doug Williams had the two greatest looking spirals I've ever seen. Uh, Warren Moon won, I think, five great cups with the Edmonton Eskimos. They used to be called that. I guess they're not anymore. Um, the thing that's going to hurt him is that he never had playoff success. And that's the thing. They had some loaded rosters. I remember they blew a 35-3 lead one year, the Buffalo Bills. And then in 93, they were supposed to win it. And then Joe Montana had his last magical moment with the Chiefs. So, yeah, 20 sounds about right, though, because when it comes to just being able to deliver the ball, he's up there with anybody. All right, 19. I got Jim Kelly, four Super Bowls. He That's attended them. But Steve, I am not with the – I'm not with the mediocrity is the new excellence like everybody else. He did not win one, and he is not in a top 10 skill set player to me. He's very, very equal – to Philip Rivers, skill set wise, he had a mm. stiff, he had a stiff delivery. It was a little short. He was a little three quarter. He was as tough as nails, as tough as it gets. He's beat cancer like fucking nine times, but he went to four, but he just couldn't get over the proverbial hump. I I just I I, I carry that weight. I that carries weight with me. I I love him to death. I mean, goddamn, I love him to death. Uh, but the Bills. As a franchise, and Jim Kelly uh, just couldn't get it done. I got him in 19. You know, I'm biased. Uh, he's the first great quarterback from the U. He started quarterback U. I've always said he's the most important player in program history because without him, they probably shut down football. But, Coach, I, I will push back. He's much more athletic than Phillip Rivers. He could yeah, actually move. I don't have Phillip Rivers in my yeah. top 20. Yeah, Phillip Rivers moves like a frozen statue, okay? But – Here's where I give Jim Kelly credit and why I have him a little bit higher. He actually ran his own offense. Remember the K-Gun? 
Yes. He was his own coordinator, and they ran fast-break football. Uh, they basically ran an up-tempo when no one else except maybe the Cincinnati Bengals and Boomer Sison were doing it. And look, I make an argument. No, he didn't win any Super Bowls. But if Norwood just makes that one kick that gets him over the hump, you don't know what happens in subsequent years. But to get to Super Bowls, you have to win a lot of playoff game and some road games. And you've seen the way a lot of teams fall apart after losing a Super Bowl just psychologically. They went to four in a row. I actually think that's a great compliment. But again, it's not like winning one. But I would have Jim Kelly, again, I'm biased, a little bit higher. All right. Um, I, it's going to be a very interesting discussion. Uh, I think we're going to have a hell of a – this might be some viral Twitter videos later on. Um, I got number 18, Bart Starr. Oh, wow. The ultimate winner. Again, from an era where they called their own plays. I mean, how much value do you give that? A guy that can hit and receivers could get hit. And you got right. bloodied at quarterback position. You got bloodied is one of the reasons he's in here, Steve, to be yeah. honest. Because skill set wise, he wasn't a very freakish talent. No, he wasn't. And look, this is a guy that Vince Lombardi said, I don't know if you can play quarterback for me. And within a year or two, Vince Lombardi said, you're my most trusted player. They had, they had an agreement, by the way. Bart Starr once had a story. He got chewed out in practice. He didn't like it. So he goes up to Lombardi after he says, Vince, coach, look, I get it. You got to coach me. But here's the thing. If you want me to be the leader, you can't do that to me. Now, in private, I'll take anything you want. You know what? And Lombardi said, you know what? You're right. They never actually had a crossword in practice, but he was like the lieutenant to the general. What I loved about Bart Starr, he was famous for this, coach, on fourth and one. He would used to he used to do a lot of like play action deep shots. The guy had guts, and so I, I think he's definitely top twenty. But if you value winning, which is really a team stat, I think he's an argument that he could be a little bit higher. Won a lot of championships. Um, I agree. Um, uh, no doubt. Um, that was Bart Starr at number eighteen. Number seventeen, I got Roger Staubach. Ooh, okay. Roger, I think, should be in the top 10, and I'll tell you why. He could play today with that athleticism. If you put him in a shotgun spread and you say, okay, Roger, make stuff happen, he was that guy. He was actually a pro version in many respects of Johnny Manziel. He could play in a shotgun. He could run. He was gutted. And he played – I saw clips of him. There used to be a time coach in the National Football League. Cowboys would actually play inter-scrimmage games with the Rams when they are out in Thousand Oaks. They would hit the quarterback. I mean, you want to talk about a tough-ass era, and the guy was uh, just a, a complete comeback master, Captain America. He, I, I actually think he should be in the top 10. Really? Yes. Um, interesting. I got, I, 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 I'm just trying to type these in as we go. 16. And this is going to be one that's going to be – people are going to be pissed at me, uh, Steve. I got Carson Palmer. Oh, okay. A textbook on how to throw the ball. A prototype from when he came out. Don't see a lot of postseason success. That one year he got chopped in the knee by Kimo Van Olfen and it kind of ruined the Bengals' chances that game. Had some clunkers of some years. I know the Oakland era wasn't great. He seemed a little high. But unbelievable arm talent. Norm Chow rescued that career at USC, but 
I'm just telling you, some of those guys you've already mentioned from 17 to 20, I think I would put above Carson Palmer in all honesty. I put him up there from being a QB guy, being able to be around him and seeing and being from I've been around him. I've thrown a football with him. I've thrown a football with about 11 of these guys on this list. Troy Aikman, Carson Palmer, Elway, very, very, very similar in ball ball spinning stature. They were Carson Palmer. Could have been. But, Coach, uh, isn't there more to this than just throwing the ball? There's leadership. Yes, there there's is. winning. There's intangibles. So, there I, think, you know. I think he had everything. I mean, he was on the way to taking the Cardinals deep. I thought he was on the way to making the Bengals as good as they've ever been be- before now. He got injured and cut it short. He goes to the Cardinals and has a hell of – I mean, he look what he did in Arizona. I mean, you could argue without that knee brace on, that dude's a different dude. Yeah. Um. He was a big-time guy, and a lot of people don't really realize how good he is as a quarterback guy. Carson is holds high regard with me. Um, that's just – this is my list now, everybody. It's not – and I got Steve here who is an encyclopedia of guys who understands it and can combat me. So please understand, this is my list, not anyone else's. Uh, we're just going back and forth, but we will give you raw information about it and what I think about each guy. But um, – I'm trying to get number 15. 15 rolls in at this, Steve. Drew Brees. I'm not high on Drew Brees. I've never been a high Drew Brees guy. One Super Bowl. Uh, Coach. Not very highly skill set. Not a big arm. Not a dynamic guy back there. And I thought he should. And now, if he would have got his second and third one, which he had chances to do. Yeah. Uh, I would have him a little higher. I know he's one of the all-time leading numbers guys, touchdowns and yards. I think he played forever underneath some great pass-happy guys, and they did not run the football in Drew Brees' era. I'll say this for Drew Brees. He was a great extension of Sean Payton. However, all things being equal, from a physical standpoint, every one of those guys you named before Drew Brees, if I had to start a franchise, and again, everything being equal, I would take all those guys that you just mentioned before Drew Brees, before him. Really? Yes. We're kind of on the same page on that. Yeah. I like that. Uh, yeah. Really, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, look, he had limited arm talent, very high football IQ. But the thing that I remember about the very end of his New Orleans Saints tenure is that they had some great years. And they could not get over the hump, and they lost a lot of home playoff games. So you got to knock them down for that. I agree. Um, I'm trying to get these down to five here. Okay. Um, okay, we're at Drew Brees. I got Drew Brees at number 15. Number 14, Eli Manning. Too high. Hey, no. he's a one percenter, Steve. He's a one percenter. I he know he won two. two Super Bowls. Yes, All right. Beat, who did he beat? Twice. All right. He beat the great Tom Brady. Then again, I'm just trying to tell you, you better have Jim Plunkett on your list because he won two Super Bowls. If that is the sole crutch, that's sole. Okay, okay, okay. Let me go back to the criteria. He had so many clunkers of years, though. Coach. All right. The criteria really is skill set, the it factor, nuts and guts, accuracy, Ball skills, strength of arm, feet, um, improvisational throws, and ad-libbing, and winning. 
is the ultimate test at the very end. But you do not have to win, but just know you're not going to be on my list is very high if you're not a winner. You can make it because some 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 people like Dan Marino might be one of the greatest of all time, never got it done. Um, where you have Jim Kelly, who just wasn't as skilled as Marino by any stretch of the imagination and went to four. So that's the difference in my gauging. Thing with Eli, and, and look, he's obviously the lesser of the Manning brothers, but he's not Fredo. Okay, let's get that clear. He played a lot of years at a Pro Bowl clip. In a but very there, strong era. But there were other years where it was a clunker. And again, I know numbers and lies can lie, but even in one of those Super Bowls that he won, it took an, a miracle helmet catch from David Tyree. They produced two touchdowns. Let's not act like it was an offensive show. I, I'm going to say this right now. A lot of those guys you named from 15 to 20, I would take over Eli Manning, all things being equal. So let's go back here. You would take Warren Moon? Yes. With no Super Bowls? All things being equal. You give him that franchise and that Giants defense. Remember, when Warren came to the Oilers in 1984, that team was bad post-Earl Campbell. All right. Would you end take, up Earl Campbell. Would you take Jim Kelly? Yes. Bart That's Smart. not even a question. Yes. And Roger. Absolutely. And Carson Palmer. From a physical skill set, consistency, throwing the ball, yes. And Drew Brees. That one I could flip-flop. That one I don't have an issue with. Really? Yes. Very interesting. I'm surprised you're low on Drew Brees like I am. Um, Eli Manning, 14. 13. Kurt Warner. Okay, this is where people are going to be very conflicted by. At his best, Kurt Warner was a good, a natural ball completer as anybody, as I just made up a term, because he could throw guys open. He could anticipate. Great in the Mike Mart scheme, which would never protect the quarterback. But eventually he got beat up. But what put him over the top for me was the actually the Super Bowl that he lost. To take that ragtag franchise, and to take Larry Fitzgerald and say, all right, guy, we got to do this. That run was spectacular. And that to is me, why he's in my list. Yes. Yeah, that run right there. Because the 99 Rams was magical. That's one of the great offenses ever, greatest show on turf. But when it comes to understanding the game and knowing how to throw the deep ball on time, I, I, I think he's up there with a lot of guys. The only knock on him was his durability. But, again, March used to run five receivers out, man. He didn't protect his quarterbacks that well all the time. But I'm a Kurt Warner fan. I like Kurt. Oh, man, this is getting interesting. I'm going to get fucking murdered. <laughs> uh, number 12, Steve. Uh, I love Kurt Warner because he came from the Arena League. He went, through, he persevered. He had a quick release. He had that three-quarter Arena League release that we all learned how to throw in the Arena League, Have me having played Arena League. Um, and then he won a Super Bowl. Went to three. I mean, he's... Pretty fucking legit for a guy that just came from arena yeah. league in a fucking shithole college and made it to what he became. Uh, I, I think he, he he climbs the ladder in my book. That's why I got Kurt Warner at 13. Yeah. Number 12, Terry Bradshaw. Now, if you value winning, this guy has four Lombardis. And I played in an era where he didn't put up big numbers to the last... I saw him get pile-drived on his neck. Right. At Turkey Jones um, or something like that. I think that was his name. Yeah, but yeah. Terry Bradshaw, when he came out of the draft, 
was the John Elway of that era. You want to talk about a cannon short release? And he was a really good deep ball thrower. Now, cerebrally, as, as Thomas Hollywood Henderson once famously said, uh, he couldn't spell cat if you uh, spotted him the C and the A. However, in that era, he was a state-of-the-art passer. And if we value winning, and he was a big game player in the Super Bowl, he delivered key throws. I actually think he he makes an argument for being in the top 10. But I want to see the rest of your list, though. He does. He does make an argument. Uh, there's, in my opinion, there's no question. Um, let me see here. Um, okay. Um, all right. So we got Terry Bradshaw, a, a nutty gutty winner. And by the way, he did not lose a Super Bowl, did he? No, he didn't. 4 0. 4 0. He only 4 0 guy is, is him in Montana. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We'll get to him later. <laughs> Number 11. Brett Favre. Too high. Really? Turnover machine. Coach, he's fun. He's athletic. He wears Wranglers. Too many turnovers. He did not protect people. His dick pics. He takes money. He gets, he sues people. Right. Hey, no one's perfect. But anyway, look, he turns the ball over to coach. He would drive you nuts. Coach, let me just say something. If you coached him, you would want to hug him and strangle him all within the same quarter. Coach, I love Brett Favre. He's an entertaining player. I didn't love him as much as John Madden. He's certainly top 20 coach. He does not protect the ball enough. No. Coach, you, you know, you know, you should know he has a coach. You would actually think about benching him once in a while. You know you would. He, he was the epitome at that era in that in one of the toughest eras of football. He was the epitome of the, I, I believe he he won the man, or what was it called? The uh, man of the year? No, it was the, uh, like the man of the of the century or whatever. What would they call it? Iron Man. Yeah, I mean, look, he's won. Look, I remember him at Southern Miss. Steve. Coach, I remember Brett Favre at Southern Miss in 1988 or 89. Florida State was the number one team in the country and or in one of those years. And Southern Miss went into Tallahassee and beat a loaded Florida State team. And I said, wow, this farm guy's a baller. Now, look, he, he was very undisciplined, never showed up sober when he was with the one year with the Falcons. The job Mike Holmgren did in disciplining him as much as possible and coaching him up was brilliant. And the guy won three MVPs in the early 90s. He's great. But, Coach, he did not protect the ball well enough. But 300-plus really, starts in a deadly era consecutive. Absolutely. He's top 20-ish. But I think he's skill set-wise, one of the strongest arms we've ever seen. No one doubt. Just freaks the nature we've ever seen. at but the coach, position. Uh, He carries weight. He won a Super Bowl. I mean, he, he, he went to two. Boxes for me. He went uh, to two. But, again, Coach. I'm just telling you, if you were on his sideline, there are times you'd probably want to strangle him more than once. All right. Well, it's getting interesting. We're going to the final top 10 here. Number 10. Coming in at number 10, another Packer, Aaron Rodgers. Yes. And you know what's funny? If I was on your show two years ago, we'd be saying top three. I know. We would be. And, and but I'm going to be clear here, Steve. I just did a commercial on a commercial break of my top 10. And this is completely different. I've taken two days to yeah. come up with this list as to why I made this list. 
And I would I would honestly make maybe say if this was before this this season started, right. he was a top five guy for me because to me he's he's probably the best ball spinner of all time. At his peak, I thought he did it as well as anybody, and he got some tough breaks like that game in Seattle where they couldn't execute the onside kick recovery, things of that nature. I Look, I think the world of Aaron Rodgers from a skill set standpoint, but the last three, four years, Coach, we've discussed this. They've lost too many home playoff games and must-win games at Lambeau, and he has he's fallen up short. I don't know how much you blame that on the floor. But again, he's the quarterback. I think winning is an element, and he that's where he falls short. That's where he falls short. I think he is uh, underachieved. I think he's yeah. now I've completely lost faith that he has the it factor. I believe he's lost. He could have went to the playoffs this year. All you have to do is beat Detroit at home. To me, that is unacceptable. You drop a lot of spots for me. Haven't beat 49ers very much in his yeah. career. Going to get to Super Bowls. He loses to Brady at home. Um, you got to win some of those games yeah. to be elite in my book. So I got him at 10. Number nine be a little bit interesting for some people, but guess what? He was an ultimate gamer. He was nasty in the pocket. He was hard to bring down, and he won. Ben, big Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, that this seems about right because he came up in big moments. And his ability to extend plays at his size was amazing. And those battles with the bruising Baltimore Ravens defense, now that was probably the last vestige of old-school physical violent football. And he, and that clutch drive that he had against Arizona, that deep corner shot to Santonio Holmes, an all-time great throw. I mean, to thread that needle the way he did, uh, nine seems right about where he should be because he was a winner, he amassed stats, and he was durable. And he had to deal with A, B. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm throwing that. I'm giving it some weight to that shit. Um, I've, 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 I've literally took that in. I'm like, damn, this motherfucker had to keep him out of the fucking tabloids too? All right, number eight. Here we go. Moment of truth. I got you for about five minutes. I got to hurry this up. Number yeah. eight. Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Well, wait a minute. But this is fluid though because we're only five five. Years in, you know what? I don't have a, I have him a little bit higher, but you're right. He still has another decade of football. Let's let this play out. As Bill Parcells once said, "Hey, let's put away the anointing oil." Okay, so yeah. So I'm actually surprised you have him this high. So hey, for all you people in Kansas City, stop pitching and moving. God, dog, sick of you whiners. You get all the calls. You win a Super Bowl, and JB's taking a shellacking. Get off his ass. It's hey, number eight, give me a break. <laughs> hey, he's one, two. He surpassed. Yeah. He surpassed Rogers and Favre, in my opinion. Uh, he surpassed Eli. He he surpassed the guys. Yeah, I mean, coach, like, and I told this to Whitlock, and he could he passed for 182 yards. Let's not make it sound like he threw for 475 on Sunday. Nah, I'm trying to tell people. All right, yeah, he hasn't been very good in the playoffs. Let's get through number seven. This will be an interesting in and in a, in a, it's very hard for me, but people that don't know this guy and didn't really get to watch him uh, really don't know appreciation. Dan Fout, seven. Oh, you know what? This seems a little bit high, but you want to talk about a tough SOB that understood how to climb the pocket? He was the best I've ever seen at just staying in the belly of the beast and then taking three steps up and understanding I might get killed here, 
but I got to run this. And look, congratulations to Don Coriel, true football pioneer, getting into Canton. What they did, modernizing football. Dan Fouts could play in any era, and he's probably too tough for this one. It seems a little high, but based on when he played and that six, seven-year run with Eric Coriel, I don't have an issue with it. I love Dan Fouts. What a tough guy he was. Yeah, I agree. Um, I had to put him at seven. Number six, I love I love Dan Fouts. I thought he was an innovator. We got to get through this because you got to get out of here. Uh, well, no, I got to move more time. Let's just keep going. I like this. This is good. Right. Number six, I got Steve Young. Woo! Hey, now, just, hey, just so we know, didn't miss many games. He played in the Bill Walsh, George Seifert era. He won three Super Bowls. He was an innovative guy as a lefty making plays with his feet. He used to do Michael Vick-esque shit back in the yep. day. He wasn't as near an athletic, but he did Michael Vick shit, but he was a much better uh, passer of the football. Coach, um, I believe in one of those years in 93-94, when he, I think he may have won the MVP or close to it, there was actually a year in the early 90s he threw at a 70% clip back then. And we're not talking about 15 bubble screens and shuttle screens and smoke screens. He was actually doing the West Coast offense, delivering the ball quickly on time. Michael, I love Steve Young because I used to be an LA Express fan and he used to run around a lot. And the last game the LA Express ever played at at Pierce College, I believe, because they ran out of money. They couldn't yeah. afford the call. He actually lined up at running back. That's how athletic this guy was. And that play that he made against the Vikings in 88 to win the game where he went through Keith Millar, Joey Browner, and that great Dolman, that front. And then to develop into a precision passer, I think this one, no disagreement there. He's definitely – he's actually underrated. And the problem is he came after Joe Montana. So it's like being Larry Holmes after Muhammad Ali. When you come in after the GOAT, you can be one of the greatest, but you're still not Ali. And that's a shame. You get lost in history. But Steve Young, great football player. I agree. I think he was transcendent. Um, he kind of did what Michael Jordan did in basketball for football. Um, after Marie, after Montana leaves and you have to carry that yeah. burden and do what he did, I, I give him high regard. Number five, didn't win one, got to one, but he was one of the greatest ball spinners we've ever seen. Uh, he was he was my favorite quarterback to watch throw the football, Dan Marino. Yeah, I mean, look, this is one of those guys where you say, well, what about the winning? Well, okay, that's the problem. But I remember in the 80s, after the 85 season, when they went to the championship game, they lost to the Patriots. They, they, their defense was bad for a lot of years. They just Don Shula could never fortify that defense to a point where they can get him over the hump. But when Dan Marino truly had his legs underneath him before his knees completely gave out and his Achilles eventually, nobody could sit in that pocket and deliver the ball the way he did. Um, and it was amazing. And in today's game, if he was allowed to play like spread football with three receivers, like they did against the 85 Bears by using Nat Moore uh, on, on early downs, he would have thrown. I mean, think about this, Coach. In 1984, second year, when 4,000-yard seasons were rare, I think he threw for 5,000 then. Nobody has been that far ahead of the statistical curve in passing like Dan Marino in 84, which is, I think, still the greatest year a quarterback has ever had. And again, all things being equal, you would say, yes, despite not having a Lombardi trophy in his case, 
Dan Marino is one of the ultra elite quarterbacks that has ever lived. No question. Um, that's how I feel. Um, all right. Number four. Um, and Dan Marino went to a Super Bowl as a rookie, remember? Uh, second year, yes. 1984. Yeah. Uh, lost to Montana, right? Yes. Great team. That that was one of the all-time great teams, 84 Niners. Number four, Peyton Manning. This is about right. He, I, he, he'd make my Mount Rushmore. Sustained consistency, production, winning, and coach. This is where I give him a little bit of an edge over a lot of guys. He was his own offensive coordinator. He ran his own offense. So he could have played in the 50s and 60s. Big, strong guy, too. I don't think people realize how big and thick he was. So I, he checks all the boxes. He's in my Mount Rushmore. No, he's mine, too. Um, I just thought he was accurate. He did not have the cannon, especially late in, the, in his life, in his career. His arm started to deteriorate. Um, but, you know, he was uh, he was one of a kind cerebrally. Uh, he won. He finally got over that hump and, and ended up winning. Um, so, you know, I, I, I got to put him in the top five for me. Um, but remember, my list is pretty interesting because your people are starting to count these and in the crowd are like, wait up, something's up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're running out of numbers here. You'll see what I do. Number three, um, all time, John Elway. John Elway to this day is still the highest graded player coming out of the uh, college system to the draft. They still call him the greatest uh, prospect ever. And, and Sean Salisbury is 3-0 and versus him. Yeah. Um, some people might think he's high because of the Terrell Davis factor. But to take some of those Denver teams that were relatively limited with the run game in the 80s to a Super Bowl – then you had like Vance Johnson. You didn't have like elite guys. Yeah, Vance Johnson, Ricky Natil, and Mark Jackson, the three amigos. And then you had a bunch of journeyman role players at running back like uh, Sammy Winder, Steve Sewell. Um, the thing that's going to hurt Elway is some of his statistical numbers are not great because they played in an offense that was really frustrating to him. It wasn't until they got Shanahan, I think, in the 93-94 season where they really played an offense that Elway flourished in. But Elway ran a legitimate 4-5, and he could still throw the ball 80 yards on the run. Now, if you allowed him to play a spread-up tempo with his athleticism, this guy would be an absolute monster. I'm just telling you, from a physical standpoint, he's as good as any quarterback that ever played the game. I agree. I agree. I just did my top 10, you know, six months ago. Totally a little bit. This this last top five are a little different. Um, so people in the chat are like, what happened? So Troy Aikman, everyone knows how I, I regard him. Three Super Bowls. I think they could have won six if Jimmy stays. That's how good he was and they were. He did throw some picks, but understand they were in 21 personnel back in the day. Two wideouts at Novacek. Let's act like let's not act like he was out there and spread. And, and an empty. Um, so you got to understand there's more defenders on the field than there are receivers. Just be clear out there. I got Troy Aikman at number two. You know, Troy Aikman, people forget this. He was a good enough athlete that Barry Switzer in 1985 said, you're going to run the wishbone. That's how good of an athlete he was. He could actually really run. He had great size. His throwing mechanics, I think you could probably explain it better. It's probably the way you teach it. And 
where the, where he fell off was not just the departure of Jimmy Johnson. When Jay Novacek had to retire, they never replaced him with a guy that could occupy the middle of the field. And he and he and that that to me is the most underrated breaking up of the Dallas dynasty was Novacek's knees giving out and he had to walk off into the sunset and be a cowboy. But Troy Aikman, and I've said this to you before and I'll say it again, he would be the number one pick in the 70s, in 1980, 89, which he was. He'd be the number one pick today because he could play under center and there's no doubt he could play the spread. Uh, and look, he's a guy that people say his numbers weren't great. Right, but you have to take into account that they were a run-first team. All-time leading rushers there. Right, and the style of play in, the, in those days, you did not routinely get 4,000-yard passing seasons. In fact, back in when he played, if you threw in the percentage of, let's say, the high 50s, that was a great year. Now you have to be about 64%, or they're looking for their next quarterback. So, again, you take into account his physical stature, athleticism, arm talent and the leadership he provided on those particular clubs some people think that he's going to be too high on your list because he's a personal favorite it is too bad that his second half of his career was not nearly as productive from an individual and team standpoint but i think he's certainly top 10 given the fact i absolutely saw him at his best when he was at his best he's the best intermediate passer i have ever seen He's the best passer I've ever seen. Yeah. People don't know. Sean Salisbury knows him well and, and grew up with him. And it's like, dude, I'm just telling you, Troy Aikman yeah. is the the guy. People don't know how good he was. And uh, it's unfortunate that everybody well, – Wait a minute. We're here at number one now, right? We're at number one. So, Oh, no. There's two names oh, I have not heard. You're going to piss them. Oh, my – oh, geez. So hold on, though. Oh, boy. Understand something. Oh, I started boy. at 20 with Warren Moon. If I would have started this list and did a true number one, Warren would have been left out. So I have to go with this. 1A, 1B. Joe Montana, 1A. Tom Brady, 1B. Oh, you're waffling. Oh, my God. This is why I did it. I had to change up because I used to have Montana as low as number four. But now that I've done more research, I've gone back and watched, and I've seen what he did. Oh, he's, now you've seen it. Oh, God. God. He's 4-0, 14 touchdowns, <laughs> zero picks in the Super Bowl. Yeah. I put him above Tom Brady slightly. So do I. Look, I, I, I was thinking right around three, I'm like, okay, there's like three names for two slots. I was like, what's going on? Joe Montana's number one. And I'll and I and I was talking about this with Coach Jay during the Super Bowl at your house. The difference is, and Brady's an all-time great. You, I'm not going to say anything disrespectful or bad because you can't. But Joe Montana had better legs and feet, better escapability. I actually think he's more adaptable to different levels or different eras of football. Joe Montana, people forget that his ability to extend plays. It got him into trouble at times. Like Leonard Marshall nearly destroyed him in that 90 championship game. I'll never forget. One of the hardest hits I've ever seen. But he and, – and, and you want to talk about a guy being clutch. He was incredible. When it, I remember when the Bengals took the lead, I, there was 3.08 left because I hated the Niners. I was a diehard Ram fan. I still remember they kicked a field goal, and I said, the Bengals just lost. I just knew it. Um, because it was Joe Montana, cool Joe, 
Joe Montana, like you said, you look at the numbers in clutch situations in the Super Bowl. He won on the road. He won big playoff games. He had historic. Think about this. He had the catch with Dwight Clark over Everson Walls. And then he had the drive with uh, the drive to John Taylor, right? But also in Kansas City, even though he was a diminished guy, both years Kansas City went to the playoffs and they had some legendary wins. Coach, that game that he had against the Houston Oilers with Buddy Ryan, the House of Pain Oilers, and the way he kept that team together until he figured it out and he delivered some. And he had guys like uh, J.J. Burden at receiver. Uh, Tim Barnett, they didn't exactly have Taylor and Rice, but he still made it happen. Brady is absolutely Mount Rushmore. Montana's number one. Let, let me talk about Montana in this regard. It's come out that both Seifert and Wall said, if Joe did not leave because of his later life, and he was like, you know what, I don't want to hold your franchise back. I want Steve yeah. to come in. That's what the sacrificial lambs used to do back in the day. That's why I give Brady a lot of credit for sacrificing his salary for the betterment of the good. Wanted his teams to win, so let's get our roster better. We don't see that anymore at all. That's a whole nother show. Yeah. But Joe Montana, it's on record that Seifert and Wall said if he would have stayed, he probably wins three more. Yeah, because, you know, the Steve Young of 92 and 93 that lost to the Cowboys was not quite the developed, polished guy he ended up being. He, he was a little jittery in the pocket. Um, I know Jerry Rice would get frustrated at times because plays didn't develop quite as well as they did with Montana for as good as Young was. But Joe Montana, it is where I give him credit, though. And where him and Brady both have this. Joe Montana won a Super Bowl in 1981 with a team that two years prior, I think, was 2-14. and 14. Just like Aikman won one after 1-15. and 15. Right, and but they won it as a complete Cinderella story. And people will say, well, the Brady 2001 um, Patriots. I say, you're right, but here's the difference. Uh, the 2001 Patriots were led by their defense. And you had Drew Bledsoe, who was pretty fucking good before. Yeah, Brett Bledsoe was good. Mo Lewis should have his jersey retired by the Patriots. Did, did them a solid. But Joe Montana, the touch that he had and the ability to throw on time. And Bill Walsh used to say this all the time. I don't care about completion percentage. I will judge that. Because a throw here is a good throw on a slant. But if you throw it here, I'm going to grade you down. And, and there are times where he would just literally lay the ball right where it had to be in tight spaces and with anticipation. It was amazing. Joe Montana, I, I think, is actually now underrated because we've forgotten about his greatness. And I hated the guy. I hated the Niners. They ruined my childhood. But the guy was great. I cannot say anything else. I agree. I agree. Um, listen, Thursday, if you got time, I want you to come back. I want to do our top 20 running backs. Oh, I can't wait to see Emmett Smith be at 23. He might. I don't know. He might. And then, and then I might boycott the show. for. Hey, by the way, two quarterbacks you didn't list that I think, again, all things being equal, I think very highly of. One is Phil Simms. Phil Simms actually went to one Super Bowl MVP, was going to lead the Giants to another one. I have never seen a, uh, a quarterback 
quite like Phil Simms would lay in the pocket and actually like be like a statue and say, go ahead, hit me, you son of a bitch, as I'm hanging in here. That guy. Let me answer that before you leave. This is the reason I don't have him in, because Jeff Hosteller did the exact same thing. Yeah, but but yeah, but they handed the ball off to Otis Anderson 30 times. Uh, Phil was more of the nucleus. Like with Phil, they were a little bit more. We know Phil Simms had 4,000-yard seasons under Parcells. People forget about that. Okay. Hosteller left and did the same thing, though. No, well, he went to the Raiders. They didn't do that much. All right, but so he did well. The other quarterback that I thought, if he would have been on a better team from the beginning, and didn't have a terrible owner, and, and but has as much arm talent, and he's a man of dignity, and he was a big game player that I love, Doug Williams. Doug Williams, man, the way he could throw it looked like the way you drew it up. Unfortunately, he was on the Buccaneers, then he went to the Outlaws of the USFL, then was a backup. But that one quarter, second quarter of that Super Bowl in San Diego, Coach, I think it's the greatest 15 minutes of quarterbacking in the history of the league. Hey, I have, on the outside looking in, just so we're clear, I had Boomer Esiason. I, okay. had, I had Phil Simms. I, um, I had several guys that people would be like, uh, I also wanted to ask you before you leave, yeah. guys that are playing right now, Hmm. Who takes Burrow. that out of the Burrow. list? Who takes Burrow. that out of the list? We just discussed and moved into the list. Oh, Burrow's gonna be up there. Burrow, what about Burrow. Allen? Coach, you know I love Josh. Big his game regressed this year. Game regressed. He's got to be more of a quarterback and stopped acting like a tight end. As, do you blame him or you you'd look at Brian Dable leaving? Uh, I think a little bit of both. And Ken Dorsey. One of my personal favorites has got to realize as a coordinator, sometimes you got to protect your quarterback by running the ball. And I know they're not a great running team, but too much hero ball with Josh Allen and his play. This, and again, he had an injury, got banged up, was not quite the same level of guy that I had seen the year or two prior. Allen does have a shot, but coach, he's got to win some games in January and February. Okay, we, I got to be fair about that, and that has not happened. I've been, uh, um, I've been saying it. He's got to at least get to one again. My conversation yeah. with Dan Marino. What other quarterbacks? Like, I know Lamar Jackson, to me, I know he's not going to make your list probably ever. I want to see what happens in the offseason. By the way, how much of a believer are you in Jalen Hurts? I no. think Jalen Hurts really no. benefited from having a loaded roster. And then once we get to that second contract, I was telling this to Whitlock yesterday. If he's going to insist on I'm a 40 to $50 million quarterback and you strip away that depth, I'm not so sure that's the best thing for Jalen Hurts. I said it. I don't know if you saw my segment, yeah. but I literally said that. Yeah, you I mean, you – I, I mean, that's the thing that gets me. It's just like, look, Patrick Mahomes is one of those rare guys he could piece it together. With Jalen Hurts, if you don't consistently create second and five with that dominant upfront running game and the plus one that they do – I just kind of wonder, and again, and as you mention all the time, that style of quarterbacking, it does not have a 12-year shelf life. No it way. Not, it does no. not last that long, Coach. No way. I don't see it. I don't see it happening. But I, Thursday, we got to talk running backs. Uh, that'll be a great I can't one. wait. Oh, oh hey, hey, City of Dallas, um, the, way, the way Kansas City and all of Missouri feels about Coach JB with the quarterbacks, uh, Dallas area, you're gonna know how they feel after this. <laughs> hey, I can't.
can't wait to do our top 20 running backs Thursday. <laughs> and I have a plan, Steve, for the next few weeks as the season transitions yeah. into NBA talk. I want to talk about uh, – I'm going to go through every every major position and do this, uh, but I'll, I'll cut it down to top 10 when All I right. get to tight ends and when I get to wide receivers next week. We'll do top 10 wideouts and, and, right. and, 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 and tight ends. Uh, but we know this, the number one T-bird, Ralphie Valadares. Right. The Mexican right. Kobe Bryant. <laughs> John Mackey, one of the most underrated tight ends oh, ever. Oh, Mackey's a stud. Can't wait Mackey. to talk about that shit. All right. Well, Coach, I'll see you Thursday, brother. Appreciate you. All right. Uh, Steve Kim, as always. All right, let me get into some shit to end this thing. I got to get into it. I got about 30 minutes here with you guys. Pound the like button, subscribe, become a member. I don't care if you don't like my list. Eat a dick. That's my list. Um, I found some things you said interesting, and I like it, and you are right. Um, I always say give everybody a trophy, fucking motherfuckers. I just did that. I gave everybody a trophy with number 1A and 1B. But you know what? I You know the reason I did it? I had to have Warren Moon in my top 20. And that is the well-thought-out thing that I did. That is the thing that I did and worked on for two days. Warren Moon had to get into 20, and I'm like, I have to get Warren Moon into top 20. How do I do it? And that's how much time I put into that fucking list so you could all eat a dick. Um, I don't care what you think. That's my fucking list. Um, all right. Now we're going to get into some fucking nuts and bolts of this thing uh, to end this show off with a bang. I asked you for the poll question earlier. I said, on the poll question, would you do away with social media? Would you delete social media for one year if it made the world a better place? Make sure you join Sean Salisbury and I tonight for Last Chance Q as we will be breaking down the Super Bowl, and we'll be discussing this top 20 quarterback list. Uh, join us live tonight. Uh, would you delete social media, not your personal social media, do away with social media for one year if it made the world a better place? That was my question, all right? And... Pound the like button. I appreciate you. Uh, here we go. I want to get into this. If you could get rid of all social media, would you vote yes or no? I believe if it was for a year, I would do Well, I'd do away with it personally anyway, but I would get rid of it. Would it make the world a better place? Let's just try it for a year. Let's try it for a year. All right. Make people go talk, go meet in person. No more ordering food or Uber, Uber or Lyft. Walk your fucking fat asses. Get a ride. Catch a cab. Fuck social media. Take away your phones for a year. Read a newspaper. Watch a movie. Maybe go fucking talk to somebody as you eat and have a drink without looking down at your fucking phone every single fucking second and just continue the ultimate disrespect of human life. I 
I cannot stand when I go out and see people sitting together, either married couples or people on dates or homies or girlfriends. They sit there and they're on their phone the whole fucking time. They're sitting there on their phone the entire fucking time. And I'm like, God damn, why, why don't you just stay at home and text each other if you're going to go out and spend money? Why spend money at a fucking restaurant? Go out and exercise. Fuck Peloton. Fucking Peloton is your motivator? You got to see another motherfucker on a screen so you can ride a bike, motherfuckers? Get rid of social media. Get rid of your phone. One year. One year. And let's see what happens. One year. But just hear me out now. Listen to what I'm saying. Don't just hear me. Go out and fucking play. Go out in the street and play. You know why we you know why my generation don't like the young generation? Because you motherfuckers don't cherish the earth for its natural fucking beauty. Why do you think we're so disrespectful to the motherfucking earth we live on? Why is it when I'm driving down the street, I see you young punk ass kids throwing fucking sodas out the window and walking right by trash and not picking it up because you don't cherish the earth for what it is. Your young generation don't say yes, sir, and no, sir. Yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Please and thank you. You litter like a motherfucker. You don't have any regard for the dollar. You have no understanding of what the dollar is worth and what it means. Unless you earn it, you disrespect the fuck out of the person next to you that has earned it and got something better than you. You will be quick to lay on a motherfucker's hood that you don't even know whose car it belongs to, but you'll sit on his fucking hood. And when I go lay on your fucking hood, you want to fight. How ironic. Motherfucker, how fucking ironic. Sit on the hood of my car, motherfucker. I'm beating the fuck out of you. That's what you don't understand. You don't cherish the earth for what it is. You don't cherish and respect the fucking person next to you. We don't spend enough time in the earth, on the earth. We spend more time in a parallel universe called cyberspace. And you think exploration of cyberspace is better and more lucrative than going to find the next waterfall or lake in a fucking Alaska or somewhere. That is what the real is. But what do I know? Maybe the sick-ass videos of fighting in school and shootings would end. Maybe that would end if we got rid of social media. Maybe hitting females would end and females hitting males would end. Maybe, just maybe, the world could change for the better if we got rid of social media. I don't know. Just my thought. You know why we don't like the younger generation? Because they have no appreciation for shit. And that is fact. You can call me the old man on the front lawn. You can do whatever you want. The fact of the matter is that you motherfuckers have no respect for your forefathers, for your elders. You can't say please and thank you if it was the fucking life dependent on it. You won't open a door for an old lady. You won't fucking pick up trash. You'll litter everywhere. You'll fucking do the most disrespectful shit. And guess what? We allow it.
We fucking allow it because social media rather have a tweet and a re-like and a like and a repost than they would correcting your bitch ass. That's what the fucking fact of the matter is. So that's why I don't like you motherfuckers. Maybe, just maybe, Kyler Murray would watch fucking film and study and earn his fucking keep if he got rid of fucking video games and social media. Just maybe obesity would end. We're the most obese nation in the world. Maybe the ocean pollution would cease. Maybe, just maybe, trains wouldn't derail with chemicals on them in every city. And just maybe UFOs wouldn't invade us for our technology. (laughs) Maybe girls would learn to cook again. And guys would learn how to man up and appreciate women again. Maybe, just maybe, we would drink from water hoses again and play hide and go get it. If you're from the hood, you know what I just said. Maybe ice cream trucks would come back and serve the kids playing in the streets. Maybe, just maybe, you'd go in the house when the streetlights came on and MTV would come on again. Maybe, just maybe, we would stay at one school and appreciate the sports we play and the school for giving us an opportunity. Maybe we would invest in our bodies again and not miss seasons for a groin injury or a hamstring. Maybe we would recover a little bit quicker because we'd put the video games down and wouldn't distract us from fucking rehab, but no one wants to talk about. Maybe the weed in the Taco Bell would go back to being the weed and the Taco Bell that I once know. Just maybe, just a thought. Can't wait to see y'all tomorrow. Appreciate you guys, man. Much love. I'll see you guys on the other side. Peace. Watch he still lose the hat. Oh, my too. God. He did all that. Oh, my God, bro. Nah, Whoa. not the last two. Bow! Not the nah, fake crawling. Crazy, bro. <laughs>